You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for a brand new episode of Survivor-related content. And are we excited for what we're about to bring you? The answer is yes. Just as the answer should be yes to you to subscribing to us on whatever podcast platform you do use, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, mash on the subscribe button, get all these episodes directly to your device, and you will not miss a single one of them. And while you're on your computer, while you're on your phone, head to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, give us a like, give us a follow, and you will be able to interact with us and follow everything that we're up to. That simple. And you're following right now what we're into because it is the Survivor Winners at War Season 40 Preview Episode. We are here, finally, so excited, so stoked. And who, of course, are we going to get on the show to give us a full preview? The one, the only, Mr. Billy Garcia. Hashtag bring back Billy, everybody. This is a fun little episode, fun thoughts, lots of interesting thoughts, and you're going to love every single minute of it. So let's get into it. Our exclusively big interview, I don't know why it's exclusive, but I'm saying it is, with Billy Garcia helping me preview Season 40 of Survivor, Winners at War. So exciting to be here right now for this episode, to be able to officially talk 100% and preview Winners at War, Season 40 of Survivor. We talked a lot about the speculation of it last year. We all knew who was playing. We all knew all that, but we want to talk about it 100% officially now because the cast is confirmed, the photos are out, the tribes are given, and we're only days away from seeing what should be the greatest season ever in the history of Survivor. And who else should we have on this show to talk about it, give his thoughts, and find out what will happen on this season. Then the one, the only, the herpes of the Oz Network, Mr. Billy Garcia. Billy, welcome back. <laughs> Thank you for having me back. Uh, you know, if you're going to have the greatest season ever, you got to have the greatest pain in the ass ever <laughs> to be to be the guy analyzing it. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly how I wanted you to promote yourself. So that that's very well. But... Can you can you believe it? We're here about to talk about this season. I mean, I don't know about you, but this is the season that I've always dreamt about seeing, and finally we have an all-winner season. How how are you feeling right now uh, before we get to this season and just thinking about how it's all going to play out? You know, uh, now that they've got they're getting the all-winner season out of the way, you know, that gives me a little bit of hope that they might one day do an all-loser season. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag bring back Billy. You gotta get yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you got to get this one out of the way. So we're getting it out of the way. Yeah. And then we get the real greatest season of all time, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. I'll be the captain of one team and Francesca will be the captain of the other team. <laughs> and she'll get voted out first for the third time. <laughs> uh, you know it. what, though? Uh, you know what? It, it, I w- if it were if I were on her tribe, I would take her to the end. I would take her to the end because then I would say, "Who do you rather lose to, the I love you guy or the person that got voted out twice <laughs> as the first, you know, number one?" That's the, that's <laughs> the ultimate final tribal council right there. The, the I love you guy and the girl who was going to eat a rock and then got voted out again first. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> first boot twice. The I love you guy. Vote for the I love you guy. Yep. Hands down. That's winner. My, that's, that's my final tribal speech right 
<laughs> you don't need to say anything more. That's all. You just sit there in silence. I've said what I need to say. Make your own mind up now, guys. It's, it's that simple. But it's it's um it's very exciting time, and and also of course we're celebrating twenty years of of Survivor itself. And just before we get into going through each of these players and giving our take, one thing that maybe just refreshed my mind a little bit here, Billy, because I realised we would have talked about this way back in the day when we very first got you on Survivor Oz. But how how much of a Survivor fan were you before you were on the show? Were you a, were you a day one viewer watching this show? Yeah, I was a day one viewer reluctantly. Uh, my sister had to work the night of, of the Borneo premiere, so she asked me to record it for her. And back in those days, it was the old VCR thing, yep. and I had no idea how to set the timer. I was one of those guys with the blinking 12 a.m. on the VCR. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. So I actually sat there, hit record, and watched the whole thing. Watched the whole first episode, and so uh, that's what got me hooked. And... Uh, uh, when my sister heard about an open casting call and she was going to go do it and chickened out and dared me to do it, I took up the dare mainly because I was a fan and there was a couple of survivors that were there. So I was, you know, this was me saying, all right, the, the, the worst that could happen is I get to meet some, some survivor players, get to grab a selfie or two with them. And uh, uh, little did anybody know, that would be my entry into su- the Survivor verse. And here I got cast. Now. Here you are now. Here I am. Yep. Oh, crazy. Being a pain, being a pain in, in the Oz Network's ass. I know, right? Stop <laughs> calling us, Billy. God, all right, we'll get you on again if we have to. Fine, whatever. Who were the Who were the people at the casting call? Who were the survivors you got to meet? Uh, it was Judd Sargent, uh, Brian Corden, and Eliza Orleans. Wow. Back when they cared about Guatemala. <laughs> Back when they cared. Oh, you know what? They might have just showed up and they were like, Oh man, really? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, Only Guatemala uh, they, people. They, if if Micronesia would have happened like three or four seasons early, I think Judge would have been a shoe in. Mm, mm. Well, I think um, also if they had have gone with their initial plan and made it full All Stars like they were going to do every eight seasons, then um, yeah, I think there were. I think they had a leaked list of who was supposedly meant to be on that, and I think there were a couple of Guatemala people on that. But um, hey, they're making up for it now. It's only what. 39 or 29 seasons later, and finally we have a, a Guatemala returnee in Danny. So, you know, they've finally done it. They finally, finally. So, so, somewhere, we, we, we got to do a, a, a little check of, of all the Guatemala players to see which one of them sold their souls to the devil <laughs> to make this happen, to finally bring back a Guatemala player on <laughs> the survivor. It's, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's a good idea, actually. But um, it's, it's actually crazy that we think that here we are at season 40, and the only season now that has not had an original player, not not counting uh, 37 and 38, uh, 38 39, sorry, because they're still very fresh and we'll, we'll get players yeah. coming back from them very soon. But it's now Caramo uh, and right. we've never had a, an original uh, fan from the second fans vs. favorite come back. Well, um, I'm actually going to root for uh, Matt Bischoff to yes. make a comeback. Hands down. Because... Uh, he he was unfortunately. I, I'm not going to name any names, but let's just say his tribe had had a great burden on it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> if it didn't have that great burden, I think that tribe would have did much better, and we'd have saw a lot more of Matt Bischoff, and he, he would have been someone that we would consider one of the top players of the game. I I, I can't disagree with that. I think I think look. Karen Owen, maybe not the greatest season ever, but you did have some great characters on the fans' tribe that, uh, I mean, similar to Guatemala, it's kind of 
I feel it gets stained with a brush of not being a good season, so why do we need to bring these people back yet? I mean, how many times do we see people from Redemption Island end up returning? So, uh, <laughs> you know, just because it's a bad season doesn't mean you have bad people from it. Yeah, no, true, true. Uh, I, I, you know what? And uh, as as much as people were uh, were, were saying about uh, this past season, I do see Nora oh, coming yeah. back. I see, I, uh, you know, uh, Elaine. I think we have a Elaine is another one, and she's keeping a tradition of great Kentucky players. Yeah. I don't know what what's in the food or in the water <laughs> in Kentucky, but it's creating great Survivor characters <laughs> down there. The, the, the fried chicken back home is great there in Kentucky. They, you know, that's that's what <laughs> yeah, it's there doing. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But uh, as we always do on our uh, preview episodes, we're going to go through each of the players, give our takes, and everything else. And I think obviously it's a little bit different here because uh, we know all these players. We know they've all won, so it's going to be. Um, you know, interesting to chat with this. And I mean, for you in particular, I believe this will be the very first time we've ever had you on for some sort of preview episode where there's a player from your season about to play again. I, I mean, I don't, I, I know we had you on during Game Changers uh, to, you know, talk about Aussie at some point, but I can't remember if we had you on for the preview episode that season. I could be wrong. But uh, I mean, as as a Cook Islands man, how is it to see your man Yule coming back? This is, this is a long time coming too. Uh, I got Yule. And I got poverty. So oh, I got poverty! Of course, poverty. Sorry, how did I forget poverty? I just—that's yeah. I, her original season. It's kind of like Amber. I, like she's an Australian Outback <laughs> original, but I guess we're referring here. But uh, two, yes. How does it feel having two? Sorry, Billy. <laughs> yes, yes. I love having two horses in this race because if one of them wins, I get to say I was on a toughest season ever. Because not only do we have a two-time winner, the, the only will be the second ever two-time winner, but we'll have. Three winners total, and I can't think of a season with uh, original players that have three seasons that produce three winners total. Yeah, I was I trying to think about this. Yeah, no, you would be right because um, I mean Australian Outback has two. Um, uh, Token Teens would have two. Caramoan uh, has two. Um, yeah, no, there's there's definitely a few. I mean, like taking out of the equation, obviously returning player seasons but yeah no original player seasons you would be right like if you'd have three wins from one season that'd be pretty pretty cool little uh thing to put out there for your season billy yeah it would be the toughest season ever then i could say hey i went out second but look who i was up against yeah i was up against jonathan penner uh poverty and you both won Ozzy, who's considered one of the best ever as well. Uh, Dr. Candace has been back. I forget how many times. I'm still waiting for her royalty checks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Too many We had times. Cowboy. Too many. <laughs> we had Cowboy who, who uh, innovated the, the splitting of the votes to flush out an idol. That was planned voodoo. So we've had so many like great players for my season that I could say, hey, man, it was just, you know, it was just an unprecedented first season. Like this was an all-star season. Uh, put put me in there in, in in a season where now I I have experience and I'm up against this caliber players to see what I can do. Because Cook Islands for a while there weren't you close to being one of the most uh, players had come back from. I think you're about probably about fourth now on that list. But I guess the, the unique thing about Cook Islands is I think everyone who's returned from your season, well the exception of you now, uh, has at least played three times because Penna, Aussie, um, Poverty. Um, Candice, they've all played a minimum of, of three times now. So, yeah, it's kind of a unique distinction for Cook Islands. And, and now that you add Yule with two times, yeah. we, 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 you could probably argue that 
my season produced more multi-player, multi-season yeah. players. Yeah. Uh, for first timers, you know, yeah. for first time season. So yeah, because Australian Outback holds that record easily. I think half the cast has literally come back. But um, I mean, what out of <laughs> out of those? I mean, Kimmy's only I'm, played I'm twice. Still, Alicia, yeah. Yeah, I'm still waiting for Keith to come back. Oh come on, we all are. <laughs> I, I look. I, I I would I would gladly see Nick Brown come back. I, I want to see Kel come back. Like Mad Dog Deb. Oh, uh, uh, you, you know what the goal? You, you know what the Holy Grail is? Is Elizabeth Hasselback? Uh, if they can bring her back, like that'll be the season that'll that'll produce the big numbers again. Look, I, I'm telling you now. I've been excited. Like when Kelly Wigglesworth came back in '31, I was you know popping all kinds of excitement pills. But if I saw Elizabeth <laughs> come back. Like, wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Viewing parties every week, right? <laughs> oh, just just would not be sober for, for 16 episodes or whatever we'd be watching. Um, would just be, be crazy. Uh, but I guess the, the key things too, we should mention just quickly some, some twists that are happening this season. It's Saliva. We wouldn't have a show without some uh, new twists, I guess. Big one. $2 million is up for grabs right about now. Of course, this was meant to be All-Stars before they decided to uh, split it and basically give Rupert a million in a, a American vote. What did he get? 80-something percent or something like that of the vote? Yeah, he got some ridiculous amount. Um, I, I'm glad that he, you know, I love Rupert as a, as a person and I and I, uh, I I back his charity of Rupert's Kids and he's, he's yeah, I love hanging out with him just away from Survivor. Um but I'm glad they didn't count him as a million dollar winner. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that he didn't put them on this season, because then, like, it would it would have diminished the 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 concept of the season. Absolutely. So we could we could bring back Rupert again another time, no problem. I have no problem seeing him again. Um, but this wasn't the season for it. I'm glad that they made the right decision. Yeah. Having said that. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish fans would just hand me a million dollars. <laughs> Anybody want to start a GoFundMe that says Billy should get a million dollars just because? <laughs> exactly. It should just be that. That that's all it is. It's Billy should get a million dollars just because, and then people would just go, because. "Okay, million dollars, boom, straight away." So well, maybe the winner you know of this season can donate half their money to you. <laughs> or, or or maybe or maybe we could since since we've been doing the hashtag bring back Billy Garcia for a while we could start a new hashtag of give Billy a million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's do it. Hashtag give Billy a million dollars. I think I think if Poverty wins this season, she should give you a million because she was in alliance with Candace who kind of was a thing because of you. So there's kind of like the six <laughs> degrees of separation there that, you know. Okay. Well, no, no, no. Yule, Yule. I got to put my money on Yule because I sent him to Exile Island where he got the super idol. Hey. And that super idol is what he leveraged to win. Yep. So, yeah. I, I you created Yule, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You did it. So there it is. I- yeah, it's like it's, it's like I'm that I'm like Cyrano de Bergiac, where I put all the lines in people's mouths and they become the famous ones, <laughs> and I'm just this nobody that hey, who's this who's this guy hanging out backstage? Get out of here! Yeah, well, this thing, you all, if you're listening, right? If you've won this season, and you probably know by now if you have because it's not being filmed anymore, but you've got to remember this: you've got to give Billy a million bucks because you wouldn't be on this season <laughs> if it wasn't for him. You wouldn't have won. I'll take a steak dinner from the guy. Yeah. <laughs> a million dollar steak dinner. It's bloody good steak. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, two million. I mean, look, I, I love the fact that it's two million dollars. I think that it makes sense, and I think it also it adds incentive to a lot of these players who, you know, the Ambers, the Robs, the the Parvities. You've always said, "I've won. Why do I need to come back again?" You know, and um, it's just it just it's going to make it for interest because it's been a long time. I feel since we've actually heard a player talk about playing for the money. It's more about the title now of winning Survivor, isn't it? Yeah. I- well, especially for returning players that have milked being on Survivor outside the game. <laughs> uh, guilty. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, Billy, but, um, you know. But, uh, yeah, if, if you've milked Survivor being outside the game, then, yeah, the, then it's it's more you, you replay the game more for for the love of the game and for what it's done for you and what it can do for you again outside the game because it's already done that once. But now when you say $2 million, that's like a needle off the record moment. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? $2 million? <laughs> what? <laughs> I love you, my friend, but I'm going to slit your throat. <laughs> because let's be honest now, they would actually pocket more than a million because, I mean, you win a million, what, you get about 600000 after tax. But I'm assuming that you win $2 million, you probably get, what, like one point two. Two million after tax, surely. With with the new with the new uh, the new Trump uh, uh, tax rollouts for for the millionaires clubs, you might actually come away with more now. Hey, so, there you go. <laughs> yeah, with the millionaires actually pay less taxes than the working class here in America now. <laughs> Thanks, Trump. Um, yeah, interesting. He, he did he did it purely for Survivor. He's I mean he's come from reality TV, right? So he knows how it works. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he and Mark Burnett. You know, Mark yep. Burnett used to produce the the the, uh, the Apprentice. So yeah, so he yep. he hooked up Mark Burnett. You get to have more money somewhere somewhere in the world. Richard Hatch is like, God damn you all. <laughs> Couldn't you have done this 20 years ago? How long was I in jail for this? <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliant. But other, other twist too. Um, sadly, Edge of Extinction is back. We might talk about that in just a second because there's some rumours floating around about this maybe being more of a permanent thing in Survivor. Um, but the one that I'm very intrigued to see how this works is this fire tokens where essentially they're going to be given a set amount of these fire tokens and then they can use that to purchase things like idle clues food i even think they can purchase family visits if i read that somewhere as well i'm not too sure if that's true or not but it's it's unique it's kind of like the survivor auction money but you can use it in game um what's your take on this I don't know. It feels like somebody in the Survivor production has been playing games like Candy Crush and, <laughs> and things, where you can buy extra lives. You it's know? loot. It's, it's pay-per-play. <laughs> you, could, you, could, you could get the cheat code and <laughs> give your character superpowers. And <laughs> Whereas back in the day, what did you do? You had to put in a you know X circle, R1, L2. That gave you unlimited lives. <laughs> Nowadays, you just pay for it. Exactly. You just pay for it. And you you get the cheat code. You get the extra lives and all. You know what though? Uh, I I I guess this is this is a wild guess. I have no idea. But my guess is that this is the kind of twist that is meant to appeal to appeal to a very specific generation, a generation of people that spend their whole lives gaming on their phones and and, and so forth. And so these are the kinds of things that they would they would uh, relate to. Yeah, it's yeah, I agree. I think it's very interesting though because you introduce this into an all winner season, you bring back Edge of Extinction. 
I think the issue around though those is this season sells itself. You don't need twists. You don't need gimmicks. You've got 20 former winners of Survivor playing. And it's just, do you feel they are getting, I mean, we are too gimmicky in Survivor, but do you feel that yeah. we don't need this in a season like this? Because, I mean, Heroes vs. Villains, outside of it being Heroes vs. Villains, was maybe our last, I mean, Samoa was technically that last season with no twists or no anything at all. It was just Samoa, Hero Players, whereas... Heroes vs. Villains, outside of it being Heroes vs. Villains and all returning players, it had no tribe swap. It had nothing like that. Sure, it had idols, but it didn't have the extent of what we had in Game Changers in Cambodia. No, I agree. I agree. And uh, you know, if you're gonna, I'm an old schooler, so of course I'm gonna, I'm gonna say just a straight up game of Survivor would be awesome. That should be a twist one day okay. where people are running mad looking for idols and hey, at the at, at the end of the season, they reveal there were no idols. <laughs> you got yourself voted off looking for an idol and there were no idols. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that that to me would, would be cool. I would accept that with open arms. And I agree that this season of all seasons doesn't need to sell itself. That the gimmicks were created originally because you had players that were just sitting around a fire and not doing much of anything, so they had to do something. Yep, yep. This no. isn't. This was never, ever, ever going to be that kind of season. Having said that, I understand why they're doing this, and I'll go back. I'll, I'll, I'll do a different iteration of what I just said a moment ago, where I was saying there. This is these twists specifically are meant to, in my opinion, are meant to appeal to a certain generation, a certain demographic. And so they're taking the advantage that there's going to be a lot of eyeballs watching this and they want to do something to, to sort of keep those new fans to stay, get them to stay, get them something that they can relate to. Because if you think about it, all these players are not millennial role models. You know? yeah. <laughs> they're, they're all Gen X. And boomers. So, you know. <laughs> which it's, I mean, you're right. And this is the thing, too, where um, I've been on YouTube, there's a couple of sort of channels where they're doing like there was a winner's retrospective video where they kind of basically sat there and went through each of how a winner won the game. And it's, it's fascinating because you and I, day one uh, viewers, we know how these people won the game. We watch them live. We know it. But, like, we do have a whole generation of Survivor fans now who started watching only 10 seasons ago and all they know is Super Twist and all this sort of stuff. So, yeah, they don't know who Ethan is. They don't know who Ant- They don't know who Yule is. It's it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're Right now they're like, who the hell is that guy been talking to? Yeah. But- <laughs> Billy Garcia, right? He was in love with someone? What? <laughs> Wait, they divided them by race, and they're not in jail. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, how would they? How would that go down today if they did your twist far out? Oh, you can't do my twist today. You can't. No. You can't. They, they, they would be you know executives with Survivor and CBS like out in the streets being lynched. <laughs> We'd have a whole episode with a black screen and white writing, and producers sat down with each of the players and talked to them about their roles in this show. Uh, they were all warned for being a different race, and let's have a conversation. And Jeff would be out there, and oh my god, <laughs> no Jeff. Jeff would today's Jeff would be apologetic. Yes, Billy. I'm sorry you got segregated by your race. <laughs> I am sorry. Uh, it's okay. I fell in love with somebody. Well, I'm sorry that you fell in love with somebody in this game and you got segregated by your race. And she's a different race. Yeah, I'm sorry. 
<laughs> Billy, Billy, let's be honest. If your season happened today, you would have been booted from the game. <laughs> that was unwanted love. You were warned. You're out of the game. You know what, though? No, no, because no, I never touched her. True, <laughs> right. Okay, that's sorry. Yep, no touching. Allegedly touched. You didn't allegedly touch, right? I did not allegedly touch. You allegedly fell in love. <laughs> I allegedly fell in love. And, uh, and, all, and what I did was, what I did was, I basically did the wrong, the premise to the wrong show. At the end of my tribal council, if it happened today, I'd have been like, wait. You mean I'm not on Love Island? This isn't Temptation <laughs> Island? Where's the Bachelorette? How come I didn't get a rose? Married wait, at first wait, sight. Why <laughs> <laughs> uh, swap anybody? Anybody? Yes. <laughs> I, I want to see you. Like, you know, when, when you get married, Billy, like, let's get an episode of Candace and John and you and your wife and wife swap it. Then you finally get to have Candace. <laughs> <laughs> Simple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just takes 20 years and another reality show, but hey, would tune in. Why not? Well, you know what, though? One, one, day, one day we got to do a different show altogether, like Pet Swap, just to yeah. see somebody get by a dog. <laughs> like, I would, totally, I would totally sit there with popcorn and a beer and be like, yep, yep, Fido got him good. <laughs> Pet Swap. Oh, how's that not doing done yet? Uh, (laughs) don't steal our ideas tv executives if you're listening um just quickly again we we are going to get into the players but just again fresh rumors people we don't have to talk about it we can just talk about whatever we want pitch some tv shows um but this fresh rumor that's going around now that edge of extinction is is here to stay that this is apparently now going to be a permanent thing of survivor which is not making survivor fans happy what is what is your take on this if it was to become true? Um if it does stick around, it'll stick around for for like another two seasons and then when there enough fan backlash happens, they'll drop it. It'll, uh, you know, the, the the truth is that at this stage in survivor history, the you know, the, the fans are keeping the show alive. This isn't something that that a large sum of casuals tune in to see anymore, especially in this day and age of a thousand channels and five hundred streaming services. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. So uh, it's a it, it's a hardcore fan base, and so what's great about this era is that fan base, not just for Survivor, but just in general, they have a lot of say and a lot of control. Uh, if it if it wasn't for for the fan backlash of of the last Jedi, will we have the Mandalorian? Probably not. <laughs> so it's 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 the fans that are dictating so much right now that, um, in my opinion, as, mu- as e- e- no matter how much the 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 brass of Survivor may be in love with with uh, Edge of Extinction, if the fans don't want it, it will go away. Completely agree. I absolutely agree. And yeah, it's not something I've. In- try to believe too much of because I think any twist with the word island in it comes for a couple of seasons and then they just get rid of it. Exile Island, Redemption Island, Ghost Island, like, you know, 
Cook Islands <laughs> didn't stick around either. Uh, <laughs> Pearl Islands, Pearl Islands stuck around for a while. They liked that location. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the funny thing is, when we were in the Cook Islands, all the producers when they were talking to themselves amongst themselves while we were waiting in between challenges, they were saying things like, "Oh, this is a location we got to keep coming back to. This is an amazing location." And here we are, some fourteen going on fourteen years later, and they haven't been back to that location. Yeah, yeah, sticking uh-huh. a bloody Fiji, okay. right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, we've got our twenty winners now. Uh, the tribes have been announced. Let's butcher them already. Is it Sele and Dakal? Are they the two tribes, the blue and red tribe? Can I just call them them? <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's what I did on my season. Yeah. Because what was I going to say? The black people tribe. <laughs> <laughs> I had to call uh, the yellow buff tribe, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I don't think that would go to quite down well. Uh, controversial enough. But um, let's let's go, let's go. start with our red tribe. Let's start with Dakal, Dakal, or whatever we want to call it. Let's start with your man. Let's go straight to Yule. Winner Yule. of Cook Islands. Uh, he's back for only the second ever time. He's 44 now, but has not aged a day. Still looking great. Um and here he is. He's back. Uh, what are you? What are your thoughts on Yule? How, how do you think Yule's going to go? Yule plays such a calm game that he's going to skate through the early part of the game. We're, we're, he's not going to be in trouble until there's a merge uh, or a reshuffle of some kind, and then the numbers. Like if the if the numbers aren't in his favor, uh, Yule has has. But then again, you did demonstrate he doesn't need the numbers in his favor, if you recall Cook Islands. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm completely wrong here. I'm, I'm going to take a step back here and say uh, if you find any kind of advantage at all, he doesn't even need to actually use the advantage. He showed that. He could just leverage it by telling certain people, and he could make up for the lack of numbers. So, yeah, he's one of my guys to go deep. I agree with you because I feel Yule definitely fits into this category where – there's so many other bigger players around that are perceived as threats that I think Yule does make it far because unless you're like one of these, like an Adam or a, or a Kim who who knows this game back to front and, and has watched everything and would remember it, like I don't feel you have some of these newer players and even some of the old school players who maybe didn't keep up with the show as much who remember too much around Yule's game. And this is where I think it's going to play into someone like his advantage so yeah i i 100 agree with you i think yule's very intelligent um he's great at challenges um yeah i i don't i do not see yule not lasting a long time in this game i will say that his greatest allies you mentioned adam are the are the young people the recent players the recent winners that know this the history of this game because they're gonna want to target the big names the boston robs and the sanders etc etc and Yule, they're going to need numbers. Yeah. So Yule would be a number. And Yule is somebody that is so so laid back, and he doesn't have to be the one calling the shots. He, 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 he's somebody that could work behind another person and manipulate them or, or even, you know, just, just play politician and give them their credit. And then when the time comes, you know, he'll, 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 he'll eliminate you with a handshake. Yeah. That's how good he is. And also, I so, think... Uh, yeah, I was just going to say that I think, too, that it's only his second time. And I think what we have, is it half the casters, this is only their second time, whereas obviously we've got a lot more multiple yeah. players. But, you, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how his game's developed. And I think people in those 
seasons around between 10 and 20 who are coming back. They're maybe the most interesting ones for me because they're not fully old school. They're not, you know, in the sort of the 20, post-20 seasons where, you know, the twists were really part of it. You're in that real experimental development stage of the game where yeah. obviously Yule's game is known for you getting him the uh, the all-powerful idol, but idols are still very fresh back then. You know, you know the, the whole idea of splitting votes and that was created on his season, your season, and, you know, still very fresh then. So I, I, I'm really intrigued to see how the Dannys, the Yules, are, are going to adapt to kind of this, this form of game now because they, they really are in such a transitional period of Survivor that they played in originally. I will say a little insight on Yule is that he has this amazing ability to uh, minimize the lying to where what he tells you a lie, you believe it more than somebody else's truth. Because that'll be like the only lie he'll tell in like an eight-day period or a 10-day period. He's just that good at, at picking his battles when it comes to deception. Mm. And so, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's somebody that, that I feel like is going to be it's going to be underestimated in spite of the fact that he's a winner on a winner season. Yeah. He's just going to be so underestimated. 100% agree. And I think the one thing that I took away from his video interview that he did with ET Canada, and if no one's watched them, watch them because just don't go into this thinking, I know these winners, I don't need to see anything because some of these people now just, it's incredible to hear them. And Yules was one of them because he talked a lot about, you know, his perceptions of when he was playing about how he was representing a race. Like, you know, he didn't want to kind of do things that he would perceive would be against Asian Americans or fitting with stereotypes and things like that. But now he's saying, I'm not coming into this that perception now. I'm going into this this way. I'm going to do this. So I, I, I really am interested to see how he develops that into how he's going to play. When one last little bit of trivia here on you. He is still, to this day, the only Asian player to ever win Survivor US. He is. Well, I mean, Natalie technically is Asian coming from the subcontinent, but... Okay. Okay, you kind of... I'm, I'm stretching it out there a little bit, but I, he's yeah. the only Asian male. <laughs> Ma- there you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> I didn't want to be one of those people, Billy, but uh, we would have gotten a message. So, you know. Um, so you, you're saying he's going deep. How, do you want to give me a... No, don't give me a position because I didn't ask you to rank them all. But, I mean, are you thinking this is going to be merge? Is he going to make it to the end? Uh, he's in my he's, he's in my, my red carpet alliance. Red that I'm looking at. Oh, okay. Yeah, the people, the the group, the group that's going to be the alliance that makes it to that last episode. There you go. Okay. Well, it's actually um, looking at the tribe divide. Like um, the the one name that kept coming up so much in those videos of who's going to be a threat was actually Kim, and I'm half happy for that, half sad because I like the fact that people are appreciating her as a great winner and a great player, but it also makes me very sad because I feel she's not going to last very long based on that. But yeah, obviously Yule's on Kim's tribe. We've got Sandra on this tribe. So Sandra is another dangerous one to look at Yule because Sandra will know Yule and Sandra will remember Yule. Um, but yeah. you know, people like Tony being on this tribe as well, Sarah, like, and this is the thing too, because with so many connections uh, of these seasons, Yule's only connection yeah. is poverty, but she's on a separate tribe. So it's not like this one here where you've, you're you going to have people like Tyson and Sandra who have been on tribes together, Tony and Sarah, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Well, we do have a feud on this tribe. I don't know if you want to get into it, 
but it's a feud that started in in Game Changers and could only escalate here now in winter. It was at war, oh, and that's Tony and Sandra, which so, is exciting beyond belief because so, that was so great, this, and I want to see this that you was know, great. go again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and so this will give opportunities for other players to sort of just you know get out of the way <laughs> and, and not be a target. Let these two duke it out, and one of them will go. Which is, this is where this season is so fascinating because, again, you've got those pre-things like that that are happening beforehand. You've Then you've got to look at the other factors. So, Amber, who people are surely straight away going to be like, well, fuck, she's got a husband on the other tribe. We need to get rid of her because, you know, guaranteed over there. Um, and things like that. And then, again, Kim, everyone's calling her a threat. We've got to get rid of her. So, this is where this makes it fascinating for you, again, to just, Pick up the pieces. Skate through. Skate through. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and let me ask you this. Uh, you're you're a big Kim fan. And she's great. Mad Kim fan. Uh, she, she, she's a great player. Considering what you just you just said and what I just said about the feud between Sandra and Tony that's going to that's gonna boil over into this season. It'll continue. And then we got, um, we got Sarah, who's got history with Tony. And she was on the same season as, as, as Sandra, Game Changer. Um and you mentioned you you mentioned uh, uh, Amber having a husband on the other tribe. Don't you think, with you being somebody who's who's going to stay out of the way of this happening, and Kim being as sharp as she is, because she's sharp as a as a knife. She's probably one of the sharpest players that ever play. Don't you think that she'll see you and see him standing as a bystander, see all this happening, and say, "This is our chance to to skate through and and make it to the merge and go from there." Hands down, 100%. Let, let, I think that, and I think that, that that's a good thing for you. I think Sophie's someone there too that I think that she's kind of just going to be there and can help in a, in a situation like that. And Nick as well, kind of they're the ones who are maybe not the the big ones with feuds and things like that. So I think that that absolutely, and you're 100% right, Kim's smart and on the ball enough that she can maybe use that to an advantage. And I hope to God and Allah and Muhammad and whoever's listening that this is the case so that my girl doesn't go after like two episodes. <laughs> well, let, let's look at, let's look at the feud, the, the feud that I think will define this tribe. I think Amber being an old school player will take sides with, with, uh, with, with Sandra. Cause they're both old school players. They've seen each other for, for, for 15, 16, 17 years, maybe 20 years. Um, and then you have Officer Sarah, who's got a negative history with Tony. So she's probably going to take sides with Sandra. Now, if you're Kim and you rallied all these other people that are standing on the outside looking at this, at this war, whose side do you take? Do you take Sandra or because she's got some people already and maybe she's the devil you know? Or do you take Tony because Sandra does have some people and maybe you need to defang that serpent and uh, start taking out those group, that group, especially since Sandra has Amber on that side who has, uh, who has a husband on the other tribe. So what would you do if you were Kim? I would be taking Tony's side. Tony's side. All right. I agree. And, and it hurts me because I love Sandra. She's a close friend of mine. But Sandra is already a two-time winner. So she's got to go like within the first 
two tribals, in my opinion. Um, Should have happened in Amber, Game Changers. She somehow lasted, what, nearly to the bloody merge. <laughs> she, she's that good. Yeah. She's that good. All this talk about, oh, she's her game is really simple, just so long as it's not me. She proved that total BS. That was that was Jeff Pro's perception, but that was not reality. She could play. Um, and, and, and Amber that has a, a, a husband on the other side, there's no chance in hell those two are going to Gonna pull that, you know. One of them is gonna pull a, a, a Sierra and vote and vote out a, a loved one. It's just it's not gonna happen. So Which, uh, I think too the thing as well with Sandra is that she's gonna be drawn to Amber as well. Like you sort of mentioned the Amber and Sandra, Amber and Sandra that rhymes. But because Sandra's just lived in close quarters and been with Boston Rob, they were also kind of close on heroes versus villains. So they clearly have a bit of a relationship. So I think that Sandra's definitely not going to vote Amber out to piss off Rob on the other side. Should they have to go on a tribe swap or emerge? No, I agree. And I, and, and, and that trio has been involved in survivor for so long yeah. that there's a bond there that I, I, I just don't see some, someone that she just met breaking. Yeah, I just don't see it. Or let alone agree. a rival. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so I agree that the, that that uh, Kim and that little group we mentioned with Yule and and, and Sophie and, and that that whole group that they got to take sides with Tony, and then once they they take out Sandra's side, they got to backstab Tony. Yep. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's just 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 <laughs> think, Billy. Just we're talking about Tony and Kim teaming up together. That is just like. Wow, uh, <laughs> we mentioned Elizabeth before. Like, I'm getting excited. <laughs> yeah, Tony and Kim teaming up together, but oh. Kim has got to be the one to put the knife in Tony's back first. Yes. Oh my God, this is this is. <laughs> He's got to be the one. Insanely exciting, and this is why this season is just wow. Um, yeah, let's let's talk about Tony next. We're on the topic of of Tony. Uh, Tony Blackos. <laughs> I'm not going to do a Tony impersonation. He told me off last time I did it, so I'm not going to do it anymore. I retired that back in that interview. Uh, his third time playing, of course, uh, came back in Game Changers, was, what, second out in that season. Um, but here he's coming back. And, I, again, another one whose interview I really liked, how he sort of said, you know, I came back for Game Changers. I just kind of went out to have fun. You know, I know I was going early. So this time around, I'm kind of just going to blend my two sort of together. Um, but, look, Tony is, to me one of the greatest winners of all time just because of how he won the type of player he is doesn't ever win survivor and he somehow did it yeah. and he's one of the most entertaining winners we've ever had as well so so excited that he's back um and i'm i'm very I, excited to see how he's going to go yeah i have a nickname for him that i've used since this the season he won and that's the civil the silver tongue devil because he <laughs> He has an, a, the ability to hypnotize people with, with what he says. He could insult you to your face and, and make noises like his llama whisperer thing. <laughs> and then some, somehow he gets him to vote his way. I just, it, it, it's, it's, it's like the Jedi mind trick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of looking at it, which works well with Kim because I mean Kim's not going to insult you, but we know Kim has just got that way about just everybody wants to be with her. Her eyes are just like they hypnotize people the way they come in. So, God, a Tony Kim dual pair, good cop, bad cop, like wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what? No, you know why? Also, I'm rooting for for Tony to win this uh, this uh, war between him and Sandra this go around. Because then that means that must be a round three. 
Yes. Chandra won the first one. If Tony wins the second one, then there must be a round three. Yes. Yes, I like that. Well, it's actually, it's, it's funny because, um, you know, talking about round three, um, we'll get to Sarah shortly, but I loved in Sarah's interview how she basically put it out there that she's one of the greatest winners of all time because she beat the two-time winner, Sandra, who was considered the greatest winner of all time. So then she was basically like, even if Sandra beats me this time around, it's only going to be a draw and we have to have a round three. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so. To, to be the woman, you got to beat the woman. That's what she's saying. Yeah. And she beat the woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. All right. Uh, clever thinking. I'll, I'll give her that one. These Kagayan people, they're clever little dicky birds, aren't they? Um, what's, <laughs> what's, your, what's your take? How do you think Tony's going to go? Uh, Tony, I, 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 I think he's going to win the war with Sandra. I think he's going to have massive blood on his hands early. He's going to... He's he's just too loud for his own good. It's like you said; these kinds of players never win. He did it the one time that I, the 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 only time I think it was going to happen. I think the law of averages kicked in, and for once, one of those players won. But I think that's it. Yeah. So uh, I don't see him winning, and I don't see him making the merge. But I do see him getting past the first three or four boots. Yeah, I th- I think I agree with you. I I. Sadly, don't see him winning. Uh, if if he can somehow get to like, if there's a swap or something, and he's he's just done and you know not been as out there as he was in Kagayan, maybe get to the merge. But I just yeah, this he's just too much of a personality, and I think that we saw it in Game Changers. It was kind of just a bit too much, and. I, I hope we're both wrong. I would love to see Tony make it to the end, but I, I just can't see it. He's he's fun to watch. Yeah. But he has this he has this um demeanor of him of like the cat that ate the canary and it just automatically makes savvy players go, Yeah, he's up to something. I don't know yep. what. Yeah. But it, it might be something against me. And so it makes him you know, the survivor has paranoia. So if you if you walk around with that kind of a grin on your face all the time when it's just Tony having fun. That's yeah. really all it is. Yeah. But that's the way it comes off. Like, he's the cat that ate the canary. Then, uh, yeah, it just puts a target on him. Uh, but there are people with bigger targets starting out. So I don't see him being amongst the first four or first five, which which means you might get your wish. and There might be some kind of swap where they might need his vote just to keep the majority. And I think, yeah, because, I mean, I absolutely agree. And I think it's kind of – it's going to be interesting um... – because yeah he's probably the biggest personality on Dakar uh him and Sandra and like you know I I think I agree with you it's going to be kind of this war again but having said that like they were how close to working together on game changes and then I always was just excited with that prospect that they nearly teamed up so what if they put their differences aside and we have the Sandra Tony super alliance wow wow it it'll it could be a dominant alliance because I Either one of them would basically pull the numbers that would have took their side in the war. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. But then if you're Tony and Sandra and you've teamed up, who do you go after? Kim. I think Sandra would go after Kim because I think, again, if you watch all those videos and they talk about threats, Kim's is the name. She gets brought up more than Rob and Sandra do. So I think Kim would be a very early target in that situation. I'm going to surprise you. I'm going to surprise you because I've been around Sandra for 14 years. <laughs> I think I think they would go after. She would suggest they go after someone like like Sophie. Oh, like because, the quiet type that because, everyone's not because there would be no to. blood on her hands. Yeah, yeah. there would be no blood on her hands. Good point. So they would be like, yeah, it's a safe 
first bet. It's a yeah. safe first first elimination. Nobody's gonna be mad when they come back from tribal, and then they take it from there. So yeah, that that'd be like a Sandra move. That wouldn't be a Tony move. Tony would be Kim. Yeah, a Sandra move would be would be Sophie. And this is why I don't think they're gonna get along. And we're not gonna get that alliance. <laughs> I like your thinking. I like that thinking. Um, yeah. No, God, this is just again. We keep talking about this, and it's just so exciting to think of all these prospects. Um, let's go to Nick. I'm just looking at my list here. Is directly under Tony, uh, our newest winner, David versus Goliath. Uh, of course, that was only basically a year ago, wasn't it? Um, so coming into it for yeah. a second time. Um, I look. I. It's weird that I get so excited for some of these players, and this is no disrespect to Nick. But uh, I'm just, I'm not as excited for some of these newer winners. And I think a lot of us old school fans are probably feeling that way. But it's good to see Nick come back. He's a winner. He, he's one of the 38 people who have ever won the game. So, you know, he's got that unique distinction and he played a good game. I'm just personally not as high up on David versus Goliath as a lot of people seem to be. I think it just okay. falls into the same categories as, as Edge of Extinction and Island of the Idols and Ghost Island. They're just all same, same to me. So I, I, I'm not super high on David versus Goliath. But I, I think Nick can go far. I think Nick can do well because, again, I know he's a newer winner, so people have got him fresh in the mind, but Nick didn't really do a lot on his win that should put him as a huge threat compared to the Tonys and the, the Sandras and the Sarahs and people like that who had more of a flashier game. So I, I see Nick making the merge and possibly going further than that. Yeah, Nick, I think... Uh... Number one, he's got that Kentucky thing going that we yep. said is magical the last few years. There's something in the water. I don't know what it is. Uh, well, you mentioned the fried chicken. Might be that. Yeah. Great yep. fried chicken. Um, uh, so I think he's going to have some luck on his side. I don't think this is going to be necessarily uh, that he's going to play a flashy game, even though I think he's going to do what he did before, which is like give his alliance a name and be the guy that tries to make things fun. And, and lighthearted and, and just keep everybody in general good spirits within his alliance. Um, having said that, I think that'll be good for Kim because he's going to be one of those outsiders to that war. And that'll be good for you. And, that, you know, he, he's going to be – and if if Tony and, 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 and Sandra don't team up, then that'll also be good for, for, for Sophie. So yeah. this is all – Going into that 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 red carpet alliance that I was alluding to earlier, that I just think that are, you know, the things are just set up right. There's like daylight right off the and right off the bat to where you got the right people under tribe that are going to go after each other and that are bigger targets, and so it gives them the opportunity to just skate through, make it to the merge, and work from there. I like your thinking. Well, how how far do you think he's going to go? I think he's in, he's in my red carpet alliance. I think he's going to make the red carpet. It's not going to be spectacular for him because seeing Kim and Yule will be more spectacular. Um, and Sophie tends to play late. That's her. That's the way she is. She's quiet early, and then she gets involved late. So, you know that 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 probably puts Nick on the bottom of my uh, my red carpet. But uh, at least he'll make the red carpet. How, how many? How <laughs> many are? How many are in this red? Is this like the final five? Is it or? Yeah, I think it's five in the in the last episode. On a few occasions, it was six, but historically, it's been five. Okay, so Nick's making it to the end. Yule's making it to the end. Do, do you? I, I, don't tell me who it is, but do you actually have a winners' pick in this red carpet alliance eventually? Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay, I do I'm have excited. a weird pick with with a close, close second where how the game plays out, that one vote could swing either way. Oh, but okay. I'm a yeah, yeah. Good. We've got two of our five already in this red carpet alliance. We'll, we'll get along here a little bit more. Um, I I, I find it interesting in his uh, bio here for um, David versus Goliath. Uh, he said he was most like JT. Uh, and I see it. Like, I see a bit of JT. I don't know if he's maybe got quite the uh, aggression that JT can have every now and then. Not aggression as in, like, the, the, the game savviness that he had. But um, I definitely see a bit of JT in Nick. So, um, yeah. Yeah, he's a good old boy. I've, I've met Nick. He's a good old boy. He's, he's But he's also sharp because he's a lawyer. Yes. So he, he's he's an eloquent speaker. Um, having said that, he's he's surrounded by so, so many big big personalities that i just feel like it's ideal for him yeah it's the perfect scenario for for him considering what he brings to the table it's just i think i just don't think though that um within the the people that i see him teaming up with and going to the end that he could break through with that group yeah but having said that you know anything can happen he can go on a on an on a immunity uh, run at the very end who knows and traditionally, on all returning player seasons, newer players do quite well. So um, that maybe comes down to that familiarity with people. Um, but who knows how it's going to play out on an all-winners season compared to that. Uh, it might be slightly different with winners seeing how they played and everything along those lines. Uh, let's go. Who's next on my list? I'm, just, I'm not even doing this in order. I'm just choosing randomly. Uh, let's go to Tyson. I feel he's one that we're not talking a whole lot about on this tribe. We're not. Um, we're not. Fourth time coming back for Tyson. Of course, originally in Token Chains, Heroes vs. Villains, Blood vs. Water, the first winner to ever have won on his third attempt of Survivor. Uh, big personality. He's got a lot of fans out there. Um, very entertaining for the most part. Uh, he comes, of course, into this with connections to people like Sandra and Parvati and Rob having been on the Villains tribe. So I, I'm intrigued. Look, I, I, I'm honest here. I'm not a Tyson fan. Uh, I'm not a fan of his win. <laughs> Um, he always ranks sort of in the lower half of me of winners, but I'm still very interested to see how he plays because Tyson is a, is an interesting player in that you don't know what you're going to get sometimes because he is very out there and outlandish, but he also can really peg it back and, and just really be level headed and actually have some smarts about him. So he's one of these mystery players to me and particularly on this tribe, how that's all going to fit into this game. Well, I say this: uh, a lot of my red carpet alliance is based on social media connection. People that in social media they get along, and Tyson and Sophie and Kim seem to have a lot of positive interactions with each other on social media, especially Twitter. So he's he's the fifth member of my red carpet alliance. Uh huh. The fifth member. So he's he's finishing fifth. <laughs> Well, I think I think I'll give that to to, to Nick, but uh, he's he's part of. We haven't mentioned him at all, uh, but he, I think it's Kim, Yule, uh, Sophie, uh, uh, Nick, and, and Tyson. Okay, all right. So one of those is your winner then. Yes. Yes. Oh. I hope it's I hope it's who it is, but I think it's going to be the other person who. I... <laughs> but uh, I, what I say about Tyson is he's going to pull a Boston Rob, and that's that he's going to bat 50%. 50% of the time he does terrible, 50% of the time he does great. So he right now he's batting 333. 
where one time he did he won it all, and then the other two times, eh, not so much. You know, he didn't do so hot. But uh, you know, he, I think he's gonna he's gonna reach the fifty percent mark, and that he'll make the red carpet. And uh, uh, he's not my winner's pick, but he's gonna do better than Nick. <laughs> I li- well, I, li- I like <laughs> your analysis there, the the Boston Rob uh, sort of uh, comparison. That that's actually a really good way of looking at it. Um, so. Yeah, look, I, I, I haven't legitimately come into this writing down things. I'm kind of just doing this thought process off the top of my head here. I have my winner's pick. That's about all I've got. But um, I, I, okay. I, I do... This is going back to my point about how I kind of perceive him as, you know, it's 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 hard to look at. I, I can see him going early. I can see him being a, a Vetus and kind of just kind of coming out and being caught, caught in the crossfire and boom, he goes. But having said that, I can also see him making to the final five as well. Um, so I, I really can't put a finger on where he's actually going to finish because I just I I can't read Tyson. He's just a tricky player to me to be able to fully analyze and see what he's going to do because I never went into blood versus water think he was going to win the game and he fucking won. So yeah, <laughs> true, true. Uh, I, I will say this with Tyson: if he doesn't do anything stupid. He'll 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 be part he'll be part of one of those skaters one of those that skate by and by stupid I mean like he he did things in his first go around that in today's day and age would never go over like go around being naked and wave his dingaling at people and that stuff that <laughs> back then is hilarious and you know it was it was good TV today it's 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 like a PR nightmare yeah like, you can't you can't do that today nope. so. So long as he stays away from those kinds of antics and the early going, I just they're, they're just bigger targets. Yep, yep. No, I agree. Uh, let's go, Sophie, uh, winner of South Pacific, coming back for her second time. Now, I've never been backwards and coming forwards in my uh, non-like of Sophie's win and Sophie. Um, but the one thing that I have constantly said on this show since Sophie was on this season is that I want her to come out and play a great game and I want to see her prove me wrong. And this is the type of person that I have never been able to completely fathom how she won the game or never been a fan of her win of the game. But I want to come out of this season and go, okay, I see it now. I appreciate how she plays this game and I respect her as a player. So um, I think she's going to go far. I I don't see her being targeted at all Um, unless, as you were saying, like with Sandra, she comes out and it's kind of like, for that reason, we need to get rid of her because no one's going to target her for a while. But I just just don't see her getting targeted because, as you said also, she plays late and kind of just makes those friendships and everything along the way too. She's well connected with Tyson. I think she's well connected with that kind of Rob has a podcast crowd. And I think kind of, you know, that, that sort of social media group and sort of friendship circle. So I think she's well connected with some of these players enough. Um, but yeah, I, I want to see her do well, strangely enough. So I, and I think she will, I think she will go far. Yeah. I, 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 and I agree. I think that, that little trio of, of Rob has a podcast regulars that you mentioned that so or that that I mentioned that they get along in social media of, of Tyson, uh, 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 Kim and, and Sophie. Uh, if there's ever gonna be a a group of players besides Rob and Amber that will have some sort of pre-game alliance, that's the group. Um, I think obviously Rob and Amber. They're like, do they have a pre-game alliance? Do they? Oh, maybe. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's a that's a no-brainer, but. 
aside from them, yeah, I think this would be the group. And having said that, what Sophie did, in my opinion, to win, this is my opinion, is that she talked Albert out of making any moves and she successfully vilified uh, 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 Coach, the Dragon Slayer. And so I think that's what she did. And so what that tells me is that she, she doesn't make the big, big moves, which means she'll go along with the Kims making the big moves. She'll, she'll let, let you be the mouthpiece and be the diplomat to keep to keep the peace amongst the alliance and all, like she'll she'll play from behind these players, but that'll make people want to sit next to her. <laughs> that'll 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 make people say like, well, what's gonna be her argument? And you know, in an all new new player season, or in the case with 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 Dragon Slayer, you know, I, I think just like Nick, she won a, a game that you can only win with once. Like you could never win that way again. So. Yeah, she's in my red carpet. She's going that deep. She's going to be in the final five. She might even be in the final three, but she'll be a, a zero vote getter. Ah, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Who does that I, make I, you a I'm winner? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now we're, we're narrowing it down, right? <laughs> oh, Billy, getting me excited. Um,. Let's get even more excited right now. Here's the queen, Sandra Diaz Twine, her fourth time. I'm not, this is not her fifth time. Island of the Idols does not count. She was a mentor. Uh, of course, Pearl Islands and Heroes vs. Villains winner and Game Changers, uh, where she narrowly missed the merge, but still played an outstanding game. Look, what can we said about Sandra? I mean, Sandra, the only two-time winner, she will, unless she wins, she will be joined at the end of this season as another player who's won twice. If she wins a third time, Clear as day, she is the greatest player of all time. I will even stand here and say that. And I'm not one of these people who say just because she's won twice, that doesn't automatically make her win. But if she wins a third time, she will be. Um, but I, oh, it's just, it's so fascinating and exciting. You can never not be excited to see Sandra play because yeah. Sandra has developed her game so brilliantly every time she plays. I think you summed it up very well. This whole, as long as it's not me, idea was thrown out the window and game changes. And, I was just blown away with how well she did in Game Changers and somehow improved her legacy even though she did not make the merge. So I don't think she's going to go far. I think she's going to go early because it's Sandra and she's the obvious target with anyone because she's the only one who's won more than once. Having said that, though, we all said that in Game Changers and look what she did. So personally, don't think she's going to go far, but if she was to surprise us and go far, that would be incredible to see. Yeah, I think uh, her and Amber are probably the top two targets on this on this tribe, and uh, because of that, she's gonna have her hands full. But to me, she doesn't have to win to be the greatest player of all time. I think if she makes the merge, having a target on her the entire way, which she will, like uh, then she's the greatest player of all time. Because what she did in Game Changers should not have been impossible, and if she does something like that again, and this time gets over that little hump. It should not be possible. I just, I, it should not be. Mm-hmm. But having said that, I have to go with conventional thinking. Like, uh, I, I'm already like picking a, a specific group of people to make the end. So to pick Sandra would be like really going way out there with little logic to the group of people that I'm picking to go to the end. Uh, so having said that, I, I don't think she'll be the first one out, but she'll be amongst those early boots. Yeah, it's 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 interesting with Sandra because I remember in Game Changers talking about that if I was on a tribe with Sandra or and Sari together, 
I would target Sari over taking out Sandra. And that, that to me, if this is, if Sandra somehow survives to a swap or something, she ends up on a tribe with Parvati, I'm going to take Parvati out over Sandra. It's kind of, it's, and it's a weird thing to think that when you've got somebody who's so obvious because she's won twice before, like what a target. But it's just, I feel that as good as Sandra is to have won twice, I, I, I still think there are bigger threats. That, that's just coming from me. But, um, I mean, it's always about finding an obvious threat early on, isn't it? And uh, yeah, I agree with you, Amber and, and Sandra, definitely. Uh, yeah. I, I, you just pointed out something that you that I, I don't even think uh, your fans, the fans listening right now, uh, even even thought about yet. You just actually touched on it. You mentioned poverty and Sandra together. Poverty lost to Sandra in a controversial vote that to this day is a thorn in her side. Mm-hmm. To this day, it hurts. So, aside from Tony, I would say poverty is 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 the next biggest threat to, to Sandra. So she's got people that are gonna gun after her, that are just gonna go straight at her, no, no bones about it, and so that's just too much to overcome, even yep. even with the swap. The other the other fuel like to the fire in terms of a feud, which was brought up in one of the pregame uh, interviews, I think it was Rob mentioned it about Tyson that Tyson fucked up in Heroes vs. Villains and basically got Rob voted outright. And then Rob's yeah. kind of like, oh, I, I don't hold that grudge that anymore. Well, why bring it up? I feel you kind of do hold that as a grudge. Yep. So yep. Rob versus Tyson, <laughs> maybe he passes a little message on to Amber if you end up on a tribe with Tyson. Remember what happened in Heroes vs. Villains? You know, a bit of revenge 10 years later. I, I think Tyson is so wise to it. I was going to hold on, but since you brought it up, I was going to bring up when you bring up Amber... Uh, Amber's got an enemy on that tribe in Tyson. <laughs> a secret enemy. A secret yeah. enemy. Secret a enemy. Um, <laughs> we'll get to uh, Amber in a minute. Uh, let's get to Wendell. I, I don't think we've mentioned Wendell's name once. Um, here he is. He's not to once. <laughs> Ghost Island wow. winner. Uh, our second newest uh, winner. Um, a lot of people maybe think this should be Dom because maybe Dom should have won that. It's again, it's one of these mm. debates. And look, Wendell to me is similar to Nick. He's just kind of he's a newer winner. I don't have a huge opinion of him. He won a season that was kind of there to me. Um, it was very entertaining at the end, obviously, to have a tie vote. But um, yeah, I, I don't see Wendell ruffling any feathers. I see Wendell kind of just kind of coming through all the the fire around him. And I think Wendell's an easy merge player. Could go further, uh, but I just think he's going to escape a lot of the threats around him, and he's just going to kind of be in that Yule Brigade and Sophie Brigade and Nick Brigade, and just kind of be able to get through to the merge quite easily. Well, you know, every every alliance always has that associate, that mm-hmm. one guy that they need for that one vote, just so they have the majority. Because five isn't the majority, six is the majority uh, in, a, in a tribe of ten. So I see Wendell as that that associate that. At some point, they're not going to need him, and then he'll suffer the consequences. But then again, when if he sticks around until the merge, that'll be a one. He'll be once again that associate that they need that extra number for. So he he, he might get deep just that way, just be the the associate to the big alliance. That's a good way of looking at it, actually. Like that's a, that's a really good way of looking at it. So yeah, Do, so you see him going uh, at least merge. Yeah, I think he's going merge. And I think he's going to help that alliance get get deep into the merge. And then at some point, they're not going to need him. And uh, he's going to suffer a fate to where a lot of fans are going to be, Why? Why, Wendell? <laughs> and it'll be because he he's obsolete at, at some point. Once you're obsolete, you, you got to do him in before he does you in. Yeah. So, yeah, that, 
That's how I feel like that's going to be his fate. One thing just quickly to mention, which is probably not a huge factor on this season, considering that there's so many other factors at play, is the ages of some of these players. And I think we've only got four or five of these players are in their 20s. I mean, Adam and Nick are our youngest at 28. So this surely has to be the oldest uh, average age cast we've ever had. But do you, do you think that is going to play a factor at all, or are we just going to ignore ages? Because again, there's so many other factors at play. I think it's a factor in the way that the producers are presenting it, as we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, I said there were no millennials. All right, there were two. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, the the age the age that, uh, of of these players are are at such a point that uh, a they're not going to be easy to fool, and b they are. You know they they may appeal to the to the hardcore fans because they the hardcore fans would have known them for such a long time, but to the fans that have just started watching the last few seasons or the, these these older these older players that they're gonna look at it like uh, you know I don't quite get it why isn't so and so doing so much better who are these other people yeah. and and I also think that's a big reason why Boston Rob and Amber were on the last season. Was like a as as an introduction to the younger crowd, as well as as a, as a safety net to make sure that that season wasn't boring. That's a good um, point. That's a good point. And it, I mean, it, to me, it's fascinating with Amber that I mean, she's forty. I do not believe she's forty. God, um, she, she looks amazing. <laughs> she looks, she yes. looks absolutely incredible. But God, I mean, you and I remember from the Australian Outback when she was what, like twenty one, twenty two. So she was, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. crazy, oh my God. crazy, crazy. Right, um, yeah. Sarah Lucina, let's go to Sarah. One of the she, she's the newest female winner, and I like I love her pregame interview where she say she said she's the reigning female champion. No one's unseated her as the reigning female champion. It's true. <laughs> Every winner since uh, after Sarah has been male. Uh, of course, originally on Kagayan Game Changers, I I have turned into a mad Sarah fan. I kind of was like, oh, okay, Sarah, sure. But I think she, her and Jeremy in the last 10 seasons have played the best games out of the winners by far. And Sarah, to me, is one of these players who has improved the most from her original turnaround, uh, her original season. So, And she gave maybe the most entertaining of the pregame interviews. She was great. So I'm really looking forward to seeing Sarah play. I love the fact she's on a tribe with Tony because we never got to see that in Game Changers, sadly. But... Yeah. Um, I, I am getting more and more excited to see her every day that passes. I, I'm, I've turned into a Mad Sarah fan, Billy. <laughs> well, I, I, I really enjoy watching Officer Sarah. Uh, she's coming in the most confident that she's ever been. Yeah. So that's got to that's gotta help her. Um, of course, the, all that experience, big game experience, because uh, Game Changes was a returning player season. Uh, so it's not like she her experience is taking advantage of a bunch of rookies. So she's got some big game experience. And then every time I close my eyes and I hear her, I think Lois Griffin. And Lois Griffin is one of my favorite characters <laughs> of all time. <laughs> I have to listen to that next time. That's, it's like that moment when somebody tells you that Penner sounds like Alan Alda, and you're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so now we got Lois Griffin. So... <laughs> I'm I'm not going to unhear that now. <laughs> yeah, now, now now you have to get her on the podcast just to say Peter, <laughs> Peter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. How 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 do you think Sarah's going to go? Uh, I think she's going to be a victim of the Tony of the Tony Sander war. 
So uh, she's going to be, unfortunately, amongst my, my pre-merge boots. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I think she's uh, sadly not going to make it that far. I think, I think you, you mentioned a couple of times that you can kind of only play that game once. And I think kind of her, her winning game changes fits into that. And I think people are going to be wary of that, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I would like her to make it far. But again, I think she's a pre-merger. So, um, yeah. And it doesn't help that she's on a tribe with Tony who is going to constantly pull her into the spotlight. Yeah. So he's, he's going to take some of his target and try to put it on her, try to put some on Sandra. And it's just the way Tony is. He's, he, he plays in chaos. That's his, that's his style. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So unfortunately she's going to, she's going to fall victim to that. Uh, she's not going to go first. She's not my pick to go first. But she's not going to go very far either. She might be amongst the first four or five. Mm. Again, I hope we're wrong. I'm going to say that a lot in this episode. Um, yeah. <laughs> speaking of getting excited for, if you had told me 15, 16 years ago that I would be excited for the prospect of Amber returning, I would have laughed in your face. She was the one that I was so angry at in All-Stars because she took Elizabeth's spot. I'm like, why is she uh-huh. back? She is shit. She's boring. Why are we seeing Amber? I was like... 16, 17 at the time when All-Stars was on. Now, I know she hasn't won, like her win wasn't the oldest, but she is the oldest school player returning based on her original season. Of course, season yep. two she started on. So anytime we've got an Australian Outback player returning, you're excited. But All-Stars to this day is my all-time favorite season. So the winner nice. of that to come back. I'm so excited to see Amber play. She looks amazing. She like he still seems quite on the ball in her interview. No one's heard from Amber basically since All Star. She pops up every now and then in a in the crowd about Rob or anything like that. But we never were able to get an, her on an interview. I from what I know, I don't think she's ever done an interview on a podcast in the last ten or so years. So she kind of is a bit of a, a recluse, Amber. So I'm really looking forward to seeing her play. I sadly don't think she's going to last that long in this game. <laughs> But my one of my weird dreams this season, Billy, is I would fucking love Robin Amber to somehow do what they did in All Stars again and end up at the end. Oh, I would just oh, be like, "Wow, this is great!" And oh, I'm not even a Rob fan, but I want to see it. <laughs> oh my gosh! Somewhere in the world, Lex would throw his drumsticks at the TV. <laughs> <laughs> that would not go over big with, with, with for Lex. Um, Big Tom uh, yeah. would be refusing to shake hands with people again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! But I will say, uh, uh, I did see I did see Amber at an event in Celebration, Florida, at the Hearts for uh, of Reality years ago, and I'm not sure, but that might have been the last time I see her uh, uh, that I know of that she did something Survivor related. So we're talking, we're talking maybe five six years. Wow. Um, Having said that, it is exciting that she's back. It makes for a great story of husband and wife playing the same game. It's it's intriguing. It's only going to last one week because she's my first boot. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm sorry. Wow. Keep, I'm keeps sorry. the tradition though. It keeps a good tradition to go the Billy of a winner from the Australian Outback getting voted out first in their very next season. Yes, yes, you're right. It's a tradition or a curse, we could say. It's a curse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> go with curse. Go with curse. That would, I mean, look, that would be sad. But look, I, I, yeah, I think that's a very realistic possibility. Um, because like, look, as much as I love Amber, I love seeing her back and not to take away from her win, but if you were to rank these players based on their win, Amber's sadly going to be down the very bottom. I mean, Amber's win is not one of the greatest and there are definitely things you can put to her for why she won. But also having said that, I think I've grown a lot more of respect for her win after the amount of times I've watched All Stars and sort of, you know, her winning the game. But sadly, she's always kind of painted with that brush of, well, she only won because everyone hated Rob. So, but... Again, she's like a Sophie to me in the fact that I would love to see her do so much better and come out and all of a sudden solidify her win. That, that's why I'm really sad that someone like Natalie White isn't on this season because it would be great to see her out of Russell's shadow and be like, hey, I'm not just the girl that won because everyone hated Russell. I'm more than that. So I'd like to see Amber do that and come out and show that she is more than just the girl that won because people hated Rob more. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately though, I just don't see her getting yeah. that target off her back. Having being on the same season with your husband and your husband is Boston Rob. It's not like we're talking <laughs> like like if her husband was Nick or or or, or Wendell, she could survive it. But her husband is damn Boston Rob. Yeah. Like that's gonna come up in like every other conversation out there. So yeah, I don't. I just. I just feel like that's too steep of a mountain for her to have to climb. One quick question before we get to our final member. I'm saving the best for last, of course, under Carl. But um, with Edge of Extinction in play, do, do you feel as though if someone like Amber gets voted out first, do you feel as though these players are more than likely not going to go to Edge of Extinction because why would they bother? Um, or do you think the $2 million might entice people like Amber to stay around for a little bit longer? Um. I think because the, this is an all-winter season, there's going to be pride. I just don't see somebody saying like, oh, well, I gave it a shot and I got voted out and I'm a traditionalist and when you're voted out, you're voted out. <laughs> I just don't see it. I see too much pride. The perception that, that the fans would have of them is, is going to weigh on their mind. And, and then you throw the money on top of that and I just think that's just too much baggage for them to, to, to just cut and run. We're potentially going to have a 17-person jury then this season. <laughs> That'll be insane. <laughs> I I don't see it happening, though. I have a feeling that when that one person that comes back from Edge of Extinction after the merge, I just see them saying, Jeff saying, well, that's it. I have nothing for you. <laughs> yeah. You can head on out. It's over. <laughs> I hope they do because, like, that that was one of my big things about Edge of Extinction is that the fact that you technically can have every single player on the jury that doesn't make the final three. So, I mean, we did in that season except with the exception of the two people who didn't come back, right? So, um, yeah. But, no, yeah, it'll be interesting. And I, I think it's – look, I'm not an Edge of Extinction fan. I don't want it on this season. That's the one negative I have definitely about this season. But it does kind of make things interesting. I mean, God, if, if Tony and Sandra and Amber and all these people are getting voted off early, they're still going to be living with each other on, like, Edge yeah, of Extinction. Yeah. We're still going to see them. So, you know. Exactly. We still get the war. We still get the whole the whole war. Not, none of it gets sent to the Ponderosa videos. We get the whole war. Yeah. Uh, but having said that uh, – you know what? What if if you're right and everybody makes the jury, then it makes me wonder, like, if there's like since the money got amped for the winner, if the jury bonus money got amped, you if think everybody so. decides, yeah, you would. I would think like if everybody says nope, nope, I'm not giving up that jury bonus or I'm not, I'm not giving up my spot in the jury, that'll make me go like, 
Yeah, maybe maybe they doubled or tripled that money or, or something. You, got us. You want to hope so. Cause, I mean, well, that means runner up would get two hundred thousand, right? Um, and then kind of things like that. So, yeah. What what, what does second boot get, Billy? Can I ask you that? Oh, uh, you know what? Um, I'm I'm I hate doing this because I hate ducking questions, but I have that damn contract. Ah, oh, fuck <laughs> the contract. They haven't brought you back. <laughs> Screw CBS. Come on. <laughs> But I, I will say that that the money along with the um with the uh the the live finale money put together is significant enough that you don't want to screw with it. It's significant it, enough that you've lived off Survivor ever since. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, if uh, uh, granted that these players are have already won the million, but I guarantee you that if 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 I were to, to offer any one of them second boot money for for six days of their lives they would be like i'm there yeah i think most people would i definitely would <laughs> let's get to the the best of the last on this tribe no offense to the other nine people but stuff it kim spradlin's on this tribe sorry kim spradlin wolf she's of course married now uh one world winner i am the biggest one world defender in the history of survivor i own that i'm proud to own that to me it's the second greatest season in the history of survivor i don't care come at me Fucking love Kim. The greatest female player to ever play this game. She's only a smidgen away to me from being the greatest player ever to win this game or play this game. I am so excited. She's in my top two players and I am the most excited to see coming back. I want her so badly to go far and to win this game and just once and for all be the greatest player of all time and give more light on how great One World is. And One World has a very good track record of returning players making it to the end. We saw it with the Cold Peppers, so who knows. But... Yes, Kim, so excited. Personally, I don't think she's going to make the merge. But, Billy, prove me wrong. Tell me why she's going to be a winner. She's my winner pick. Yeah! She's, uh, <laughs> she, she, I have her edging Yule out by, like, a vote. Wow. And, uh, and, uh, with Sophie getting zero. That's part of my, my red carpet alliance. And a player that good, armed with that many players that'll play along with her uh, and, and let, let her get the blood in her hands. This is a season where if you get blood on your hands, like, I don't see a bitter jury because they're all winners. So I just don't see, like, it's going to be a big deal that she's the one that everybody's going to point to and say, yeah, she was the one who did it. She's the one who brought your name up. She was the one who took you out. I think that'll work to her favor. And uh, Yule is just a great talker that I think you'll you'll get votes anyways. But uh, I, I, I see Kim... I see Kim taking advantage of the the war between uh, Tony and, and Sandra that I'm predicting. That war is the is so vital to Kim's game that if it doesn't happen, then maybe you'll be right and she'll be she'll be gone before the merge. But if it does ha- happen, then it, it kind of guarantees that she's there in the merge, and she's there in the merge with with numbers. She's there at the end. I don't want to be she- right. I just want to say right now, I don't want to be right <laughs> at all because like. The only reason I, I I have that is because yeah, just as I said before, so many people in those videos point her out as maybe the most dangerous out there, and that to me just doesn't bode well for her. But having said that, she's such a great player of this game. She's so fucking good at Survivor, and I also think like everything that you're explaining with the alliance and kind of this war and everything, like it just to me 
makes complete sense and I see it happening. And I think Kim is that type of player that even though she's going to have that perception of being so dangerous and like we've got to get rid of her and all this sort of stuff, if she can survive the first few, she's good enough. It's, she's exactly like a poverty in Heroes vs. Villains who is like, oh God, poverty is so dangerous, we've got to get rid of her. But all of a sudden, poverty's at the end and nearly winning the game. So that to yeah. me is what Kim can do. And this this is why, like, if Brian was on this season as well, I like they're the two I'm most nervous about because in my eyes they're the greatest, and I don't want them to go out first in a shit pile and <laughs> you know take that away from my opinion because that's me. But yeah, no, I I I can definitely see that happening. I just I sadly don't see her going far, but I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me, even though everybody's bringing up her name. There are so many players that were like that, that everybody brought up Boston Rob's name and, and, and Redemption Island, and he goes on to win the whole thing. And it was, it was Russell that, that, that took the heat. Uh, True. Ozzy in, in, in South Pacific, even though he didn't make it to the final three, like he, he was there. He, he had a shot to win, win his way to the final three, and he just you know he dropped the ball there on, on that one challenge, and that was the one that took him out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just... Saying that a player is great, I, I, you know, I just don't see it as as a death sentence. I see it as they've got the jury. All they got to do is get themselves to the end. They've got the jury. Um, and this is a season where there's, uh, this is a tribe where there's so many targets ahead of Kim. Just so many. I, the, my top three targets: Am- Amber, Sandra, and Tony, and and. You know, a lot can happen after that. It doesn't guarantee that they're going to lose all three. Like, that would be crazy if they lose the first three challenges. And they, they could suck. They could be Oolong. Uh, they could... Uh, sorry, Sele could be Oolong. And so they could be winning all the time. So all of a sudden, they're all there. Um, so, yeah, yeah it's, it's going to be... But, yeah, I think kind of, you know, on a total... If you were to analyze both the tries, I think Dakar has got the bigger threats in terms of target. Like... We'll get here to Saleh, Saleh, the Blue Tribe, and there's maybe only two here that you think are kind of straight away, boom, they're the big threats, but um, we'll see how that plays out. But uh, let's start, and I'm just going to go in order in this list I've got here in front of me in Wikipedia. Uh, Natalie Anderson, winner of San Juan del Sur, another incredibly underrated season. Can I just point that out? Uh, she's obviously <laughs> got a, a massive connection on this one with uh, Jeremy, and we'll get to him very, very shortly. Now, Natalie has always been, again, one of these winners that I haven't been high up on a win. She's kind of, to me, the lower middle of the winners. Uh, I know there are a lot of people who are big fans of her win. I love Natalie as a person. I love Natalie as a character. She's fantastic. She's just entertainment galore. But um, I'm intrigued to see how she goes. She's maybe like a bit of a Tyson to me. I just don't know how to analyze how she's going to do because this is only her second time playing she is kind of got a so many levels and layers to her game so i think that the jeremy connection could definitely help her but then that also might work against her that other people are going to see that as a big threat so i don't know how to read natalie either um i agree with you in the jeremy connection and I think that's enough to get her to the merge. I just don't see her making a deep pass. She might be the, the first boot or the second boot after the merge. Uh, so she might be first on a jury, second on a jury, like that. And that's where I have her uh, in, in, on my board. But, uh, uh, yeah, I think um, I think having a couple of big targets on, on her, her tribe is going to help her. 
But at the same time, she was never really the type of person that would grab the bull by the horns and say, this is my alliance, this is my tribe. She was always a, a, somebody that uh, was very diplomatic, very, you know, let other people get involved. And, and on uh, considering the big personalities, the strong personalities that you're going to have with an all-winter season, she, you know, her, what's in her best interest could quickly get buried. Mm, with it, mm. even her own alliance, it could quickly get buried. Yeah, no, I I would agree with that. Um, I'm putting a merge early merge. Yeah, I think that's a yeah. good spot for her. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, let's get to the next person who I said there's two people in this season I'm most excited about. This is the other one, Danny Boatwright. Oh. Um, <laughs> may, maybe Danny. I'm I'm one of the the key members of the Danny Boatwright fan club. Um, because I fucking love Danny. I love her win. I'm one of these people who buys into her uh, being a great winner because of, to me, she manipulated the television show by not revealing things because she knew how it worked. And to me, that's brilliant. You're literally manipulating what is going on around you. And people call that boring because you don't see it. But hey, that's my opinion. Anyway, uh, first ever time we've had a Guatemala returnee. Stephanie does not count. She's a Palau player. She just happened to be in Guatemala. Um, yep. and I, I am, I am so excited to see how she will do. She is my winner's pick because I have forever oh. said if Danny Boatwright returns on an all winner season, she will win the game again because I just think that her reputation over the years has been, she's a boring winner. She did nothing, whatever. And I think she's just so unassuming in the fact that people are not going to know anything about her and they're not going to th- see that as a threat. And I also think she's smart enough. She's social enough. People like her. People get along with her. And I think she's got the savvy and smarts about her to do what she did the first time and kind of not reveal too much so that the other players will know too much about what she's doing and kind of just skate through with all the shit that's happening around her. And boom, she's in the end. Boom, she's going to win. So here's my winner's pick. I've, I'm sticking to my opinion that I've had for years. Okay. And I'm saying Danny Boatwright will be a two-time winner. I have her just like Natalie Anderson going in the jury, in the early part of the jury. And there's a specific reason why I have this. Why I have this tribe basically having their best players going to the jury early. And my specific reason is that I see them taking out Boston Rob at the first opportunity. And when you take out your best physical player, you set yourself up to lose challenges early. So good point. So I don't see them having the numbers at the merge. I see their best players in that tribe going, going, uh, unfortunately, to the jury early on. So you think Boston Rob's best physical player on this tribe at 43 still? He's put on a bit of weight, old Boston Rob. Boston Rob's physical gameplay has less to do with with, uh, what he looks like physically and more to do with where he's at mentally. That's always been the case with him. When he shows up mentally... He's the guy who waited to the to the end in, in All Stars. He's the guy who 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 beat an NFL player in a damn challenge <laughs> and, and won his way won his way to the to to winning it all in uh in Redemption Island. When he's not there physically or mentally, I'm sorry. When he's not there mentally, he's the guy who falls down and cries for Jeff Probst to come save him. Feel <laughs> <laughs> like the game's getting the best of me. <laughs> So it's all about where he is mentally, and because he was out there for the previous season, I think he weaned his way into game shape. Okay, interesting. I I look forward to seeing that all play out. Um, 
yeah. we won't get to see it. We won't get to see it because I think he's going right <laughs> away. You know, you know, it's funny. I know we're not quite on Rob yet, but we, we talk about these little, um, I guess, feuds and things that could play in the game. One that I don't think anyone's talking about, and this just comes from me being an All-Stars fan, is Rob and Ethan because I, I knew Ooh. how much, um, you know, sort of un-seated you know, dislike Rob had for Ethan with the Amber connection and things like that that happened back in the early days. And one of my favourite moments is the challenge when they're lifting up their box and then Rob's like, hey, hey, pretty boy. And Ethan's like, you talking to me? He's like, you're the one who answered. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. You know what? That's such a great point that that might be the war on that tribe to kick things off. It might be Ethan and Rob. And who's not going to pick the side of the the cancer survivor? Like, here you're going to hell if you don't pick the side of the cancer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. But, uh, you know, Danny, so excited that she's back. Just, I yeah. cannot say to words how excited. I and mean, she was so close to coming back for Game Changers um, when that was initially, I think, meant to be winners versus runners-up or whatever the initial plan was. But, um, yeah, look, I, I just hope she can be my win- She can win, like I'm saying, because then hopefully we can shut some people up who said she's a bad winner. But, anyway, there we go. Uh, Jeremy Collins, I am actually always forgetting that he's on this season, and I'm a big Jeremy fan. Uh, loved him in San Juan del Sur, loved his win in Cambodia. As mentioned before with Sarah, probably him and her, in my eyes, are the, the two best winners in the last 10 seasons. Uh, but just, like, Jeremy's the com- complete package. He's, he's physical, he's, uh, he's smart, he's entertaining to watch. Um, just so many things about him and, you know, the meat shield creator, um, just, <laughs> and, and you think back to Samuel Del Sur again, such a great underrated season, Samuel Del Sur, stop giving it hate. But like, you think about those middle episodes, the Josh and Jeremy situation where kind of as soon as Josh went, then Jeremy was a winner. Jeremy went, it's like, fuck, who's winning this game now? And just that little feud that Josh and Jeremy had and just how great that was. But anyway, the point is. Jeremy's fantastic. I love Jeremy. I hope he makes it far enough so we get to see Val again because any season with getting to see Val again is fantastic as well. Um, I see him possibly making the early merge, but I'm probably thinking he's just going to miss out because I think once Rob goes and you're talking about threats, uh, if Parvati is next to go, I feel Jeremy kind of is the next obvious target. But having said that, you mentioned about physicality. Jeremy's important for their physicality, so maybe he survives a little bit longer there too. Yeah, I think the best thing that could happen to Jeremy is that Rob goes early and that now they have to keep Jeremy because you're not going to get rid of two powerhouses. You're gonna, you'll get rid of one and then start suffering, and then that'll make you say we have to stay strong. That's always seems to be what it all falls down to when, uh, when you're on a, on a tribe that loses a bit is that we have to stay strong. And so Jeremy would be one of those guys that would benefit from that Unfortunately, I, I, for the same reason as 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 uh, as the previous two, I have Jeremy being in my early part of the jury. Especially once you get to the jury, we start talking about the physical threats, and he's going to be one of those physical threats that once you once you get to that point of the game. So uh, that's where I have him. I have him at, at that point going out. Lo- yeah, no, I, yeah, I I'd, I'd agree with that too. Um, but. Yeah, Jeremy, exciting to see him back. Exciting to see all these people back, let's be honest. Um, let's get into one of our newer winners, uh, Ben Drybergen. Of course, Heroes, Healers, Hustlers winner. Another season which I think is better than people give it credit for, but I know a lot of people aren't a fan of it. Cool. Um, and a lot of people aren't a fan of his win. I, I don't... Again, broken our record here, Billy. Similar to Wendell and Nick. He's just a newer winner who kind of won and... 
he, you know, well, I don't know. He hustled. He hustled. He hustled. While he other did people hustle. Was, while other people were sitting around the fire, he hustled. He did. He did. He <laughs> yeah. found one uh, near the fire, wasn't it? Wasn't there one underneath the shelter? Was it? Was that him who found that one? He found. I, he, er, er, well, yeah. There was one. He was sitting on the raft on the beach. Right. Yeah. It was. It was right underneath the raft. Yeah. After he had searched the whole island um, yeah. for the whole day. But yeah, he hustled while other people were hanging out in the shelter, and and they were like, "Nah, he's not going to find another one." Guess but what he's he such did. a he nice guy, though. That that will work in Ben's favor, I think, because he just seems like such a nice, humble guy. You know, the sirs and the mams and the, just the pleasers and the thank yous. A real humble Idaho guy. So, uh, I, I mean, look, I like Ben. Again, so I like Nick and Wendell. It's not my no dislike to any of them. They're just kind of they're the middle ones for me. They're the Panama, the Survivor Panama, the <laughs> ultimate middle road when it comes to opinions. So. Uh, I, th- I, but I think that will work in Ben's favor. I think he will make the merge. I just, I don't know if people will target him. So, similar to Nick and Wendell to me. Yeah, to me, he's he's gonna go like Jeremy. He, you'll keep, you'll keep him around because you gotta stay strong after you take out Rob. And then once we get to the merge, they're gonna be t- talk about we gotta take out the physical threats. And after Jeremy goes, it'll be Ben. He'll right, right after him. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, he'll he'll be on a jury. Um, but making it to the end, for Ben to make it to the end, this is going to sound crazy, but for Ben to make it to the end, uh, a player like Poverty has got to pull out some magic like she did in, 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 uh, uh, when, when she pulled out Idol uh, after Idol and, and, and was a chameleon in the way that she played. Because having her around doing that kind of magic will mean that her her tribe will have the numbers as opposed to as opposed to the the tribe that I'm predicting will have the numbers and if this new tribe that we're talking about uh, has the numbers then now Ben and Jeremy are looking good for the end. Hmm. Yeah, no, no, I'd agree with that definitely. Um it's just going to be interesting to see cuz I feel this tribe has more of the newer winners on it. Um sort of a more of a collection like sort of with what Heroes Hillis Hustlers We've got Korong on there, Millennials Gen X, uh I mean even Cambodia someone del Sur. kind of they're all sort of lumped there together whereas the other one um a bit more of a spread I think with the likes of uh, what South Pacific, Cook Islands, uh, All Stars, One World, um, yeah. So I, yeah. I, I wonder if that's going to play a factor. The fact that you, uh, yeah, you got more of the newer school winners on this tribe. Right, right. Um, I think that's something that like a guy like Adam would try to pull. I just don't see it going over though. Mm. I because again, all of my predictions are based on the prediction that Rob will be the first one off this tribe. Mm-hmm. So. So that kind of sets up the dominoes and how I think they'll fall. If somebody else goes first, that completely destroys my prediction. But if Rob goes first, then now all of a sudden, Poverty, who has like n- nobody that'll match up against her, uh, women, women against women on the other side, becomes super valuable. And, you know, uh, we mentioned Ben and Jeremy. You can't get rid of them now. You just mm. can't. Yeah. So it kind of sets, and that makes a guy like an Adam kind of expendable now. Well, then we get in, let's get into Michelle because Michelle's kind of the the mystery along here as well. I feel she's one of these ones who's kind of there. She's maybe like a sort of a Sophie sort of player here, where it's kind of right. is she much of a threat? Is she really going to be targeted? 
Um, of course, co-wrong winner. Um, yeah, I... I I, th- I don't think Michelle's going to get targeted. I, I kind of see Michelle working with Boston Rob, weirdly. And then if she does, and then Boston Rob goes, then she's obviously going to be a next choice if she's still right. associated with that alliance. But at the same time, I also see Michelle easily making it to the merge because, again, what threat does Michelle have compared to the Parvati's and the Robs and the Jeremy's and that on this tribe? Well, with Michelle, I, I, you know, I'll, if she was on the other tribe, she would... she. You know, instead of Sophie, she she'd have took Sophie's spot in that in that uh that uh red carpet alliance because she's that kind of player. But in this tribe, this is like the wrong tribe for that kind of player. Where uh, I just I just see them trying to keep the tribe strong, and they just look at her and say, "Okay, comparing her to other women, where does she stand on that totem pole?" And I think they would keep Danny over her, and. You know they would they would keep uh, Natalie Anderson over her, and for sure, for sure they would keep poverty over her. Just we're talking strength wise, yeah. like strength of challenge wise. So yeah, I, I just think she's a casualty of war here. Mm. So you you think she's an early boot? Yeah, unfortunately, and and I adore her to death. I've met her many times, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Uh, let's go to Adam. Uh, I I just weirdly think these two players played on the same season. I just think I just blend <laughs> Korong and Millennials Gen X together for some reason. Oh, um, <laughs> Adam, Millennials Gen X winner. Uh, he's only 28 still, so he's still quite young. Uh, probably the biggest super fan on this. Uh, he's kind of like Todd 2.0 in that super fandom, isn't he? He's a huge yeah. fan. And one thing I really respected about Adam's pregame interview is... You know, he's basically saying, this was a dream of mine before I even got on the first season of Survivor. My dream was to go on Survivor and win and then be good enough to be invited back for a all-winner season. So he's like, this is all destiny for me. So I love that about Adam. I love the passion he has for that. And, like, I just, I would love to see him go far so he could basically just stand there at the end and just be like, hey, well, this is destiny. Look where I am. So, um, yeah, I... I again, I I feel like I have less to say about people on this tribe than the other tribe. But Adam, I don't know. I think maybe just middle of the game again. Uh, so I'm putting so many people in the middle here, Billy. What am I doing? I think I've had one winner. <laughs> I think I've had two early boots, and the rest in the middle. I'm really being Switzerland today, aren't I? Well, <laughs> I uh, you know, Adam had. We talked earlier about that kind of game you can only win with once. Adam had that game because it was his backstory that won him in the very end. And that backstory would totally work against them in this go around, mm-hmm. where you'll get very savvy players say, you know, he, he's too lovable. People will look, uh, people will look at what he's been through in his personal life with uh, his mother and all that, and and they'll be like, nope, sorry, we're we're playing a cutthroat game for two million dollars. The, the the nicest guy's got to go. <laughs> the nicest guy can't stick around. So. Uh, yeah, unfortunately. And then he's also so uh, enthusiastic because he's a super fan. And, and he, I don't think he can hide that. And I think that also will put a big target on his back. And even though the, the Boston Rob is the number one targeted guy on this, I think Adam will be amongst the top three or four that will be targeted on this tribe. It'll be actually interesting of- to, to see with Adam and kind of that super fandom whether like he, he ends up with Boston Rob and – whether he's the survivor fan who's like, shit, Boston Rob's dangerous, we're going to get rid of him, or, oh my God, it's Boston Rob, I want to play with Boston Rob. 
<laughs> I think either way his goose is cooked. But yeah, <laughs> uh, I think it's probably going to be the latter too. I think I think he's going to be like, oh my god, it's Boston Rob. How can I not tee with Boston Rob? I can vote him out later. I got to get with him now. But uh, yeah, he's a uh, he's just got too good of a backstory. I, I look at that backstory and I'm just like, who could sit next to that in any season? Yeah. Any season. Who could sit next to that? I wouldn't want to sit next to that. Speaking of not wanting to sit next to that, uh, Boston Rob Mariano, you may have heard of him. Uh, he has played a few <laughs> times before. He officially becomes the first five-time player of Survivor. Woo! Billy, you've only played once. Get stuff, CBS. Put this man on again and stop putting <laughs> Boston Rob on. Um, of course, Marquesas, All-Stars, Heroes vs. Villains, Redemption Island. One Redemption Island. He won on his fourth attempt. I mean, look, he has a fucking statue made of him out there. So does Sandra. We should have mentioned that before. I do like the fact that Rob brings that up in his pregame interview. That, hey, there's like a statue of me just over there. Um, so, <laughs> look, yeah, he's early. He's, he's he's not lasting in this game. Not This is like Russell and Redemption Island. You knew he was not yeah. lasting. There's no way in hell Boston Rob is making it past the first couple of votes. As soon as this tribe loses, Boston Rob is gone. 100% agree with you. I think we're I think most of the fan base is on the same page with this. First time this tribe loses, you have to. If you don't, you're the biggest idiot of all time. <laughs> do, you, do you want to be do you, do you want to be the biggest idiot of all time in survivor history? There's there's, there's a, a good a good uh a good number of people that 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 make up the top 5 there. You, you don't want to crack that top 5. Um <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's common sense. I, he's played more than anyone else. He's he's the most loved survivor behind the scenes. Like, there, there there's probably isn't a single producer that wouldn't drop to their knees and, and give the guy a blowjob if he asked for one. <laughs> <laughs> Only for sandwiches, I remember, Billy. Keep up the tradition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Boston Rob has got to go. I mean... uh. I'm sorry. I love the guy as a person. I've met him many times. We've hung out at, at different charity events. He's he's a cool dude. But this is this is probably the the first time in Survivor history where the game hasn't even begun yet, and we have a no brainer as to who should the first boot be. Yeah. <laughs> this is maybe the second time because when Sandra played Game Changers, I think everybody walked in saying, "Oh, it's a no brainer. She's got to go first. Yep. And look at how yep. much trouble it was to get rid of her. Yeah, exactly. I think Boston Rob would be equally as hard to get rid of or even harder. So you got to go after him right from the get-go. If for some reason he can last 11 days in this game, he will tie Woo! Aussie's record of most days played. If he makes it to 12 days, he will break that record. Um, he's he's coming into this having played 117 days, and uh, Sari is ahead of him on 121, and Aussie on 128. But interestingly enough, Parvati is only three days behind Boss and Rob. So if uh, Parvati can last uh, 15 days, she will break the record of most days ever played in Survivor. So uh, there you go. Sandra, I think can as well, but she would have to basically win. Um, so, but yeah, I, I'm a stats man. I like looking at stats like that. Uh, I don't think poverty or Rob will break that record, but Hey, you never know. Stranger things have happened. So I, I, I'll go back to my point though. I said before about with Amber, I, I mean, look, I'm not a Boston Rob fan. I like the guy I've interviewed him. He's a nice guy. Um, but it's, it would be amazing to see him and Amber <laughs> get to the end. And just oh my God. Oh, wouldn't that be fantastic? 
<laughs> unless you unless you're Lex Vandenberg, yeah. Yes, I guess yes, it might be true. Hello, Lex. <laughs> I'm sure you're listening. Uh, Parvati, let's go to Parvati now. Uh, Cook Islands, your original Susan. Uh, Micronesia and Heroes vs. Villains. Of course, many people to this day think she should have won Heroes vs. Villains. She even brings it up in a pregame interview saying that many people believe I won Heroes vs. Villains. So um, it's, it's, it's intriguing to me that it's taken this long to get her back for a fourth time, but she basically did retire from Survivor for quite some time. She's now a mother. She's uh, married, I believe, to John Fincher. Yep. So uh, yep. still another Survivor couple going out there as well um but yeah i i've never been a huge poverty fan i respect her as a player i think she's easily one of the greatest players of all time like i i definitely see that i'm just personally not maybe a, a bigger fan as some people are but she's another tricky one that i think she's an obvious target early on and could easily go one of the first boots but i also think poverty's like him that the fact that she's such a good player that she survives a couple, she can go very deep into this game, and it wouldn't surprise me if she can make it all the way to the end. So um, I, I, I actually think she will. I'm going to say right now, I think she will go very far in this game based on the fact that, you know, although as, as she's a threat, I don't know if people are going to, you know, go into this too much thinking. Like It's kind of like Sandra and Heroes vs. Villains. Like, she went into it as a winner, and no one seemed to bring that up. I know Parvati went into Heroes vs. Villains as a winner too, and it just never got brought up, and it, it intrigued me. Three in Game Changers. She made it so far in that game, and she shouldn't have, but that just shows how good she is. So I'm rambling. The point is, I'm going to say Parvati's going to make it far in this game. I never thought I'd say that, but I did. Well, then you and I are predicting that she'll break the record. Yeah, well, there you go. Maybe I'll backtrack. I'm just contradicting myself, didn't I? I just said, I don't think she will. And now I'm saying she will. So She will? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Break the, I agree. She'll break the record. And I'll say, if her tribe has the majority at the merge, she's my she's the winner. If if uh, she, her tribe doesn't have the majority at the merge, then Kim's the winner. I think it's going to come down to those two. And I think the main reason poverty is going to do so well is that she's a chameleon. She doesn't she doesn't play the same way twice ever, ever. So she's going to play another way we haven't seen before. And when you get somebody that good playing a way that nobody's seen before she's gonna be a slayer she's gonna take people out left and right and uh yeah i think she's the top player on this tribe i think she's the one that's gonna go the deepest on this tribe um Mm. and if there's anybody that will beat the numbers it's gonna be poverty If, if i'm right and my 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 red carpet alliance has the numbers and poverty's still around if there's one person that's gonna beat those numbers it would be poverty. So I'm going to have poverty as my dark horse and still go with my winner's pick. How often, or when, actually I'll rephrase that, when was the last time you actually spoke with poverty? Uh, it was at Andrea's event here in New York City. Uh, she does one for uh, uh, an arthritis um, uh, charity. And this was about maybe three years ago. Okay. Maybe go. two. Might be two. Didn't get the invite to a wedding. Uh, no, no, it's all, but it's all right. <laughs> it's all right. Come on, poverty. God damn it. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, but I, I will say that um, poverty, when she retired from Survivor, like she was legit making a career um, as a yoga instructor and wellness, and she had like a, her own her own wellness center, and uh, she's been. Uh, big on being a mom and all that so she really did step away 
I think the only reason she showed up to that uh, event was because she got personally asked uh, by by either Andrea or somebody else. And my, uh, I I don't want to speculate who it might have been, but she got personally asked. Otherwise, she just kept doing like you know, her post Survivor stuff. So she's definitely been retired. So I'm a little worried. That she might not have been keeping up with what's been going on, like who some of these people are. I'm a little worried, but then she's smart enough to do her research. I yeah, it it amazes me that we actually ever got her on as an interview. I can't remember how that happened, to be honest. Like we did have poverty on once, but um, yeah, no, she she doesn't. She's not as active out there as as she once was. But um, you know, I mean, you're you're a legend of the game. You've won it. You nearly won it again. Um, that's a fine way to retire, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and uh, I, I do think she was very bitter about not having won that second time. Mm. Like, yeah, I think I think it stung more than more than losing in Cook Island, way more than losing in Cook Islands. I well, think I think she really also really said in the pregame interview too that she is out, out for a bit of revenge against Sandra. So there you go. So I, uh, yeah, Sandra's got two. Like I said, two people going after. Her. She's yep. in trouble. She's she in is. trouble. But I, I like poverty's chances. I, I do. I just uh, it it falls down to whether she has the numbers that coming coming into the merge or not. One, I'm very excited, and again, I feel bad that I keep forgetting she's on this season. Uh, Denise Stapley, Philippines winner, um, uh, yeah. just what an amazing woman! I believe is she the oldest player on this season. I think she would be at 48, but even then, that's not old. Like that's it's barely middle age. But <laughs> I, I'm so excited that Denise got invited back because she, to me, was easily one of these ones that maybe would have just got lost in the fray and not invited back. But here she is. Um, and the only ever winner to have ever gone to every single tribal council. Uh, the only ever player, I believe, to make it that far and go to every single tribal council. Just one of the nicest people you meet. And I think very underrated smart. Like, I remember in uh, our interview with her, she basically told me how she sat down like the day before she left and typed out like a three-page document on her computer about this is how I'm going to play and how I'm going to win Survivor. Uh, and just just incredible like, little insights that she does. And I love hearing that from players. But yeah, I, I have high hopes for her. I, I think she can go far. Uh, she's actually a lot more... She's physically stronger than I think a lot of people will give her credit for her age. Her age may Great. play a factor into it that people might look at her. Oh, she's the older woman. She's going to, you know, be a... a liability to our tribe but i think denise is smart enough she's a real survivor she literally uh, and she's she's savvy enough to be able to kind of skate through she's social enough people like her uh i think if she if this tribe can win and she can get herself i think she can get herself far in this game and i see her working with someone like poverty too i um i think denise is going to be the reason why michelle look they look to michelle and they vote her out saying that uh, she's expendable because um, Denise, even though she's small in stature, she's probably the most physically, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? She has more raw strength than any other other women in this game, uh, even though Poverty is probably the best pure athlete. Uh, I just, uh, I, I'm just worried that if this tribe loses enough, that she won't make the merge just because of the losing. Like she probably she might be the last person that doesn't that gets voted out just before the merge, and uh, it's it, it'll be it'll be heartbreaking because I don't think she'd have done anything wrong. I mm. think it's just the way things the dominoes are set up uh, for for this tribe to to vote out Boston Rob as quickly as possible and then pay the price for it over the next several challenges. So uh, yeah, I have I'm gonna I'm gonna put Denise. 
on that on that gray area of just before the merge, but if they somehow have numbers, then she makes the merge, and she'll be that number, that extra number that they need. But I think uh, the way I have it playing out on my board, she'll she'll go just before the merge, which is heartbreaking. Mm. So I, I don't think anyone dislikes Denise. She's just one of those people uh, that just everybody loves. Like just such a great person. And speaking of which, let's get into our final player. And again, so excited that this man's coming back. Ethan Zon, uh, winner of Africa, All Stars, underrated player in All Stars on a season where the winners were just going left, right, and center. He made it the furthest and actually played a pretty strong game, I think, for what he had in front of him. Love that was at the very first episode, I believe, when he's basically going, giving the soccer analogy, like you know, like soccer soccer teams win all the time. Why can't you know a winner just keep winning all the time and stuff like that and Survivor? So it's going to be interesting, though. He's he's maybe the biggest question mark over how he's going to play. Maybe up there with Amber, obviously, because they are both kind of the similar players here in a very early season, then All-Stars. Never played with Idols, never played with twists and things like that. So how is that going to develop? And he's kind of, he's got the potential to me of being like a Kelly Wigglesworth in Cambodia, where it's kind of, there's all this hype and excitement and he's just kind of, just going to be there. Um, But I really hope I'm wrong. (laughs) What what was the the comment James had a Superman in a fat suit? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> poor Colby. Um, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. I I, I want I want Ethan to come out and just go at it and just fucking be like, wow, I'm on Survivor again. I've watched these players for so long, and I'm just gonna go out and do this and change my game up. Like he kind of tried to do in All Stars. Ethan is just such a nice man. He's just such a nice guy that no one would just like. You mentioned it before, like, who's going to want to vote out the cancer survivor? Like, the true come-to-happy story of this guy who's been through so much shit in his life that, boom, here he is. But, um, oh, God, Ethan's back. You know, if if Boston Rob survives, it'll be because Ethan went first. Yeah. So, yeah, so, but I'm picking Boston Rob to go first. First, I've been, I'm picking Ethan to, to to survive that little war. But mm-hmm. having said that, this is a group of players that'll be like, "All right, you know what? Why don't we just get rid of everybody in that war?" <laughs> That's that tribe that we're on, that they're on. That uh, uh, they won't stick with him, even though he'll win that war. They'll say, "You know, let's just get rid of everybody that's part of that war. Not deal with the drama. Let's do, and let's just try to win, so we don't have this distraction." Yeah. Also. This is going to be a terrible thing to say. Terrible thing to say. But if they go on a losing streak, he's going to get the bulk of the blame. They, everybody's going to say is, after all those cancer treatments and all that, he's just not the same player. He's just gonna, they're just going to put it all on him. And, it's, and though there might be a shred of truth to that, it's going to suck. It's going to suck because all, all, all of us really, really longtime fans are, are, are going to want the feel-good story. He's, he's the guy that's could potentially be the feel-good story who one survivor survived cancer and one survivor again. That's yeah. a feel-good story. It's but yeah, and like I think I think yeah, I think you're right. And I said th- <laughs> I think it's also like the the Colby comparison is actually kind of fair because like on that page where you're saying like oh what's happened to this guy? He's not who he used to be. That was Colby, wasn't it? In Heroes vs. Villains, yeah. where that was the whole yes. thing. Like who is this guy? This isn't Colby. Exactly. Exactly. And and. And I think Ethan's gone through way, way more than Kobe has to change him as a as a player. And this isn't the era where where feel good stories will keep you around. 
This is the era where it does the opposite, where it'll it'll take you out, where people don't look at you and say, you know what, that guy deserves to win. We we should keep him around. He deserves it. Like, who who deserves to stay? Yeah. That doesn't happen anymore. Now it's like, who can win against him? He's got to go. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. too good of a story. <laughs> I, I I have like a real complaint against casting though when it comes to this season. How the fuck do you put Jenna Marasca on this season? So you have Ethan and Jenna, like Uh-oh. two people who used to be together and in love and were a big name celebrity couple for a long time, and now probably hate each other's guts. Where the hell are they together on this to create automatic conflict? You know, um, I don't want to speculate, but if you remember Jenna did quit in uh, in uh, All Stars because she sensed uh, her mother, and she was right. I, you know, believe what you want to believe, but she really did sense her mother going. She was right. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know how they feel about quitters, especially after Colton. True, very true. It's it's weird that like you're right. You're absolutely right. I I don't think that you're wrong, but it's just it's weird that I never personally put. Jenna in the quitters basket, even though she's a quitter. It's kind of it's it's weird, isn't it? Like it's like I don't think Sue Hawk's a quitter, even though she's technically a quitter. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And then it with, with Jenna Maraska, her sixth sense was one hundred percent right. It wasn't yeah. like she she thought something and then she was completely wrong, and now people are blaming her for using that as excuse to get out of there. No, she was a hundred percent right. She yeah. if she wouldn't have left when she did, she wouldn't have had those those final moments with her mother. So so yeah, she, in my opinion, she wasn't a quitter. But on paper, she, you know, that's the way it goes down. And I think Survivor really does have like a policy uh, that that as, uh, after Colton, like that's become the policy. Like every so often we get a player where they change the policy, like the Neonkas and and yeah. uh, now with the the, the 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 Kelly Kim. But Colton was one of those players where they changed the policy, and I think that's what hurt Jenna. While while we're on the um the topic of Jenna. Let's just quickly, before we wrap things up, maybe go over our, our non-attended winners here, the ones that aren't here, for because obviously you can't have all the winners come back, but, you know, we're, we're missing a <laughs> few, sadly. Um, who, who are the biggest snubs for you that aren't on the this nu- season? The number one snub to me is Richard Hatch. Easily, yep. That's 100%. the number one. If, if you're going to have an all-winner season, it makes sense to have the first winner ever out there. And especially since they tried to cast them in the past, and then uh, you, you know the, the 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 courts didn't allow it to happen. Well, now he's free of that. Now here you go. Let's get him on, and you got the perfect season for him. And then he gets snubbed. So yeah. So for me, he's number one snub. A dark horse snub is is uh, Chris Daltrey because uh, Darty because he's been trying to get back on, and he's been close. On a few occasions, and a lot of people didn't know that about him, and uh, yeah, he got snubbed, and so yeah, uh, it, 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 that's heartbreaking because he's somebody who uh, he's he, he's probably number one on the list and the most improbable winners. Yeah, no, no, I I would agree with that. I think yeah, the hatch thing is just it's just bullshit. Yeah, and 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 Probst yeah. has come out in the last couple of weeks, and he was asked about this. I think it was a Dalton Ross asked him about it, and. Probst has basically all but admitted what many of us knew was that he just, based on what happened in Ireland of the Idols, uh, that it just it wouldn't fit him well. Uh, and Probst's quote, he said, didn't feel comfortable having out on the show and representing a show that is for families, basically referencing his tendency to strip naked and then said yeah. it wouldn't fit well with the modern audience. I also think we've got to remember the Sue Hawk incident, which people would have be, definitely bring up. I think that's, that's just an unfair thing 
like Probst has been one of these huge advocates for Richard Hatch over the years, and now he's just kind of going into that apologetic phase that you were mentioning before. And it's just <laughs> yeah. of all of all the people who should be there saying Hatch should be on this season. Like to me, to me, when you were casting this season, there were there were four one hundred percent people that should be on this season. That is Boston Rob, that is Sandra, that is Poverty, and that is Richard Hatch. And we've got that's three the, of them. That's the Mount Rushmore right there. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, I, I think the whole Kelly Kim thing is what did Richard in. I agree. Absolutely. Yep. I, I don't. You know, I'm, I'm not speaking from any kind of official capacity. Me speculating. Uh, as a fan, uh, but yeah, I think if Kelly Kim would have never happened, Richard would be on this season. Yep, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I, I'm a Chris fan. Uh, that's Chris Daltrey. Uh, nothing is Chris Underwood. Um, but uh, I mean, <laughs> obviously, personally for me, it's Hyde clearly because you know he's the king. But like other ones, like Todd, how is? I know Todd's had a lot of issues and a lot of. Yeah things happen but at the same time i think that would be a really good redemption story to have todd back like kind of you know he's gone through a shit here he is again i'm a mad earl fan so not seeing earl is really sad to me tina uh vesepia any of the old school top 10s not being there tina was probably the number one female um i think i think ethan being on the season is what what took out todd because we got the redemption arc already where as i mentioned he, he won survivor he he survived cancer and now he trying to win Survivor again. So yeah, yeah, I think that that made Todd expendable. But Tita's probably the number one female. And and from what has been said, uh, she was initially asked and was on a plane or not a plane, but basically on there. And then all of a sudden, she was I think cut last. Like she was one of the last to go. Oh, basically that cut. Had to hurt. That so had to hurt. um. No. Yeah, and Ooh. Earl too also I think was going, but didn't his wife have a baby basically just I think as they were about to leave. So, uh, well, you yeah. know, I'd rather have to be, so I don't blame him. But Tina, yeah. that's gotta earn. That's gotta that's gotta be a kick right through the uprights. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think I think the, the one the one thing that bodes well for Earl though is that that's twice now he's very like he was very nearly on game changers of course. So like yeah. they're obviously keen to have Earl back. So I think I'm pretty sure we will see Earl at some point. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Um, but there is a thing with Survivor where they ask only so many times, and then <laughs> if you don't, if you if you no show X amount of times, then that's it. They'll never ask you again. Uh, mm-hmm. But but uh, having a baby is a good reason. True. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't hold that against them. Very true. But I, I mean, it does also create this very now unique winners club. I think is there eleven? If the top of my head of the fact that we will have a one-time winners who have only ever played once, so they will have a 100% record. So that's a very unique thing to have. So Vesepia, Brian, Chris, Earl, Todd, Bob, Natalie, what? Fabio, Mike, Chris, and Tommy will all be able to be like, hey, I'm 100% still. None of you wait, other wait, winners wait. are. Wait, wait, wait. One of the Chris's here got voted out, voted out, and then came back. Does that still count as a hundred percent? No, okay. Bugger you, Chris Underwood. Sorry, take you off that so list. 10, There's ten of you. 10, <laughs> <yeah>. So, sorry, <laughs> Chris. Tommy, Mike, Fabio, Natalie, Bob, Todd, Earl, uh, Chris, uh, other Chris, Brian, and Vesepia. <laughs> yeah, those are the hundred percent clubs. Yeah. Yeah, so as much as I hate, I don't like not seeing Todd and Earl and Brian out there. At least my guys are all 100%. You can't take them away from them. Yep, that's true. That's true. So, yeah. So that's a special club. Um, so even if they never get asked back, they still have a 
they'll have a, a piece of history that's all to themselves. Which is going to make all the more interesting at the end of this season, analyzing these who's the best player of all time arguments, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Oh, man. So uh, we've got our winners pick locked in then, Billy. You're going Kim, I'm going Danny. Um, fuck, the two most players, two most excited players I am to see, and they're both our winners pick. So, hey, cool. They're both clearly not going to win. We've jinxed them. <laughs> no, that's usually the case with me. That's usually, yes. And maybe that's why I didn't pick Poverty and Yule. actually i think that boston rob's gonna win (laughs) hey i got my my only winner's pick i've ever gotten right was uh the the last winner of australian survivor so hey like i'm technically coming off a good streak right now with one version of survivor so let's transition it over into this season shall we you know my the last pick i had that was close here on the oz network was actually woo and then he would have won if he wouldn't have did something stupid and took Tony to the end. So my damn it, woo, damn it, <laughs> damn it, woo. Who the hell voted for woo? My uh, the closest I ever got in US Survivor was Chrissy on Heroes vs Heroes vs Hustlers. Uh, so, okay, yes, well, she's second, wasn't she? So that that's the best I've ever gotten. That's good. That's good. So each of us got a second place. So maybe yeah, maybe exactly. maybe we'll finally have a one of us will have a breakthrough this time. Yep, indeed. Billy, mate, always a pleasure. We're going to obviously get you on at some point during the season to do a recap. You know that for sure. But, uh, yeah, I'm so excited to have you back, as always, and so excited for this season. Just let's let's get to it. Let's bring this season on. All right. Sounds great, brother. I can't wait. Um, And, yeah, this is going to be a season for the books. Always fun to have Billy. Hashtag bring back Billy. Hashtag give Billy a million dollars. Get him trending out there on the social platforms. We want it going out there and getting Billy back on this show or for your poverty to give a million dollars Billy's way should one of them win this season. And what a season it's going to be. So excited. And we're going to be covering it each week. Just like we did during Island the Idols, we're back for weekly recaps, and it's going to be great. We've got some great people lined up, so stay tuned for that in the coming weeks. And as always, we'd love to hear your thoughts on Survivor Island of the Idols. You can easily get in contact with us by heading to our social media pages, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We always check our messages. We always get to them, so make sure you do send them to us. Or, of course, you can still email us, theoznetwork at hotmail.com, or head to theoznetwork.net and click on the Contact Us form. That easy. And you may as well, just if you feel like it, subscribe to our podcast. We are on all the big platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. I think Apple Podcasts and iTunes are the same thing now, but hey, whatever. Uh, Google Podcasts, you name it, we're there. And if you're subscribing to us, make sure you do go on to those services and leave us some feedback. We'd love to hear what you think of the show. Give us a rating out of five. Helps our episodes get out there a little bit more into the grand interwebs of the world and more people can hear it. And the more people that can hear it, that's good for everyone because then they can hear us. That's my selling point, apparently. Big thanks to Billy. Thanks for you for listening. Let's get into Survivor Winners at War. Bring it on. I'm so excited for it. And I'm so excited to bring you our coverage of it during the Oz Network in the coming season. My name is Ben. Thanks for listening. We'll speak to you next time. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.